All right, we should be should be all set. Hello. 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 How was your week? It's been another it's been another short break in between episodes. How how are things? Same old, same old. Same old, same old. Same old, same old. Did you do anything interesting on your birthday? No. No. Uh, how old are you? Twenty-two. Twenty-two. Wow. Do you feel old? <laughs> do you think about your existence? Do you think I'm gonna die one day? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Sadly. I've been thinking about that a lot. My birthday is in July, and I'm just like, no. <laughs> I'm 22. Oh man. Everybody. July what? July 12th. Yeah. Everybody's fucking graduating, man. Like it's. I know. It's weird. Lewis was like, damn, I thought I would have done something by now. <laughs> I'm just like, yeah, me too. I literally like blinked and like all this time went by. I'm like, what? High school felt like it was 10 years. And this felt like a summer. <laughs> it felt so fast. It's already yeah. over. Oh. Time do be flying. Time do be flying. Um, but that's okay. I watched a lot of anime within that time, so I'll die happy. Uh, yeah. Yeah. So I um I got a couple things that I watched. There's no like news in like the short time that has passed by, but uh oh, did you get my care package? I went last week and they said it wasn't there, so I'll have to check this week again. Interesting. Okay. Well, according like on my end, they said it would come on Tuesday. So Hopefully, this week? um, yeah, like the Tuesday that just passed. So, okay. or maybe, maybe it was the one before that. Anyways, it should have been there a long time ago. So, um, hopefully it didn't get lost in the, in the mayhem, but if it did, oh, well, it's the, <laughs> it's the heart that counts. Uh, we'll wait okay. like another month. And if you don't get it by then, then I'll just tell you what it was. And, uh, yeah, but anywho, um, there are a couple things that I watched that I thought were interesting. I finished the first season of Fate Zero, and by first season, I mean the first 13 episodes, which I guess aired as a season, but it doesn't really end like a season because the story's like not over at all. It's like a cliffhanger, like the end of an episode. It's like a giant battle's about to start, and then that's it. And it's like, oh, okay. Um, so I didn't start the second season, but they're about to take it off Netflix pretty soon. Oh, so I have to finish it like in the next like week or so hopefully i'll have time to do that and then i watched a movie called lux aterna which is an artsy movie uh by a director named gaspar in he directed another movie that i called uh, that that i talked about previously called enter the void i talked about it like a couple episodes ago his movies are very psychedelic it feels like you're smoking not smoking you're doing acid it feels like you're doing like a kind of drug and it's really fucking cool and his movies are very fun and this movie was kind of the same type of vibe but instead of the psychedelic or um what's the word the euphoria that you derive from the visuals in this movie are from a like extreme strobe lighting you know when you have like uh really fast like red blues or greens and they're like 
shuddering like at an extreme speed and it's like trying to give you like a fucking seizure and you have to like close your eyes because it hurts so much um <clears throat> there's shit in this movie that like intentionally does that to like try and hurt your eyes and that's like the point of the movie and some people physically are just incapable of watching this movie or else they'll like die <laughs> and that's that's like really interesting um which is why the movie's like not available in america like legally at all um you can't even find it like illegally at least i couldn't maybe it's somewhere but maybe it's floating around there on the internet somewhere but um there's no like blu-ray or anything in america but it was screening at like the movie theater that i like to go to and stuff and i got to see it and it was insane it was like so cool and interesting like i it's it's like it felt like i was taking a drug it felt like this was painful but it made me feel something that like i'll never feel again like the euphoria of like sitting there watching all those lights and like the after effect of like whoa what did that just do to my eyes oh my god <laughs> um it was really cool i enjoyed it a lot uh if by any chance you ever get to watch it i would recommend it if your eyes are not super sensitive like like you feel like you're gonna die <laughs> but yeah that sounds great yeah it was it was really cool it was uh we gotta watch like one of his movies and talk about it that would be like something cool to do down the line because his movies are awesome but uh then i watched fucking uh have you have you seen anything on this the chip and dale like rescue rangers movie the do you know do you know what that is Chippendale is like an old Disney like cartoon from like the early 2000s and they like rebooted it and uh do you know who framed Roger Rabbit like have you ever heard of that movie uh what's an example that I can use hmm I don't know if there are any examples I can use but basically the whole gimmick of this movie is like the tunes are real and Chip and Dale, these two characters in a Disney TV show are real people. And when their show ended, they were out of jobs because they're actors and, and like their show got canceled. So now they're just roaming the streets. So like the gimmick is all these Disney characters and all these like, you know, characters that we see in like TV shows and stuff are real people like walking around. So fucking, you know, Peter Pan, it was like, oh my God, Peter Pan, you were a star. I loved your movie. And now Peter Pan's like fat and he like has a gold chain. <laughs> it's, it's um it's silly and it's a cute idea. And uh spoiler alert for the movie, because are you okay with me telling spoilers? Because I don't think you're gonna yeah. watch it. Uh fucking there's a lot of references, and the whole gimmick with this movie is like, oh my god, look, it's that thing. Oh my god, look, it's that thing. Oh my god, we make making a reference to that. And um fucking ugly Sonic is in the movie <laughs> specifically the ugly sonic like they put the gross one in there and he was like oddly like a main character and they kept talking about his teeth he's like ah i bit my tongue with my human teeth damn it <laughs> and it's they made him like uglier which is really funny it's it's interesting how they're directly being like yeah it looked like shit <laughs> it's really it's really interesting it's um i personally don't think it's like a great movie but everyone likes it because of how meta it is and it's it's like a commentary on the industry while 
uh, simultaneously like being like a reboot in and of itself. So people are like, oh my God, it's so smart and so meta. But I don't really want to get into why I don't feel that way. Um, I think it's mm-hmm. a little hypocritical in many ways. And if we were to like talk about it, it would be like a firm up on Poppy Hill being like, this movie's fucking stupid. And I, I don't want to get into that. But it's it's bad, but it's funny like how it does some of the things that it does. Some of the ideas are cute. I just wish they yeah. were executed better. But uh, then I watched, I'm like, go, I'm like sprinting through this um this halo tv show did you did you know that they made a halo tv show i heard about it yeah Yeah. this one i think i could be wrong about this but i think it was like no no it's not this one i think that's the lord of the Rings show i was gonna say that i thought this one had like a billion dollars invested into it but um it doesn't it's just a halo tv show that has been in production hell for like i feel like a decade and it's like it was going to be a movie and then they were like okay we'll make it a tv show and then it just like it kept on going like back and forth and now it's a really shitty tv show that isn't even for people who like halo <laughs> it's really fucking sad and i'm on the last episode i'm halfway through it and it's uh i know that you're not a halo fan so it doesn't like mean much to you but in the games like the main character master chief he like wears his helmet he never takes off his helmet you don't even know if he's fucking black or white doesn't even matter he never takes off his helmet to barely talks um but in the show takes it off episode one never like barely puts it back on it's like oh no what are they doing <laughs> he's like a white guy he has a stupid face his voice isn't even the same voice in the game so it's just like oh my god what the fuck is happening um it's like Halo's about aliens. Like they fight aliens. There's barely aliens. They're there, but they're not a part of the story. Um, it's really sad. <laughs> it's a bad show, and there's not much to say about it. The, you know, Cortana, like the blue girl, fucking. Oh, okay. Well, Cortana's like an AI that's like in his brain that he talks to, and she's like a blue hologram girl. And in the games, she's like naked because she's like a blue hologram girl, and she's supposed to look cool and badass. So she's naked, and she has like digital lines going on her, and it's like, oh wow, she looks like a Matrix girl. And then you look in the in the movie or the show, and she's like wearing like full clothes, and it's like, oh Cortana, what are you doing? <laughs> um, it's it's bad. It's bad. I don't really. There's not much to say about that. Fucking two out of ten really sad it's worse than squid game <laughs> yeah but that's that's too bad for the halo fans yeah <laughs> yep on paramount plus i have to pay for paramount plus in order to watch the halo show i shouldn't have paid for paramount plus i should have done something else wink wink but i'm too lazy to figure out how <laughs> anyways yeah, that's uh that's all I did. Then there was um uh they the I never brought this up, but the one of the reasons why I started watching Urusei Yatsura is because there's like a 2022 like remake series and the trailer just dropped for it. So that's like the only anime newsy thing that's like worth mentioning. Uh so a lot of people are probably going to experience Urusei Yatsura through that 2022 remake and it looks it looks cool. Um so I'm going to Watch that when that drops. Uh, sometime, maybe next season. Hopefully. And that's it. That's all I got. That's that's all I got. Nothing else worthy of mention. I'm getting ready for Anime Boston, and hopefully everything goes well. 
and then go there. Yeah. Yeah. That's going to be this weekend. So, uh, I guess we'll just get into the movies and, and shows. I guess there's nothing else to really talk about. So, yeah, let's start with fucking Millennium Actress. I think we should start with that one. I'm going to do Millennium Actress, Blade Runner, Perfect Blue. I think that's the good order. That's the same. Yeah. All right. So, Millennium Actress, uh, you watched it like last week. So, I don't know how fresh it is in your head, but it's uh, it's about a fucking woman who is an actress that like, fell in love with someone at a very young age and throughout her acting career, she's been in love with this person and she's been trying to find him. And, uh, that's, that's the story. And it's framed through people making a movie, about a girl talking about her movies and Satoshi Kon does his, does his paprika shit where it's like movie in a movie in a movie. <laughs> and it's, um, it's really trippy and, and fun. I, I enjoyed this movie a lot. Uh, there's a lot that I have to say about it. Um, I didn't really take any notes because the stuff that I have to say is so overwhelming. I can't really write it down, but I think it's a very smart movie. And um, I think for what it was trying to do, it did it extremely well. What did you think mm-hmm. about it? I think it was a, a fun, I think it was a fun journey. Mm-hmm. It was interesting because when I hear people talk about this movie, yeah, I saw this interview with this, this Japanese woman and I don't know, like, I don't know why she was going to interview. She's, uh, she's like important, but I don't mm-hmm. know. She was saying like um, that the movie is like very uh, nostalgic because like the I, I figured this out too like all the movies that are in this movie are like references to real movies. Oh really? Oh my god! I didn't yeah. know that. I didn't know that. Yeah, like it's so, like uh, I saw a YouTube video where the guy like compared the scenes and they're like they're super like all the samurai, um, all that shit. You gotta send me that video. I gotta see it. Yeah, I'll try to find it. I'll probably find it in my history, but yeah. So I, I didn't know that. And like, I guess for like uh, a Japanese like movie goer or every, like a movie watcher. Yeah. They were saying like it's, it's super nostalgic and it was like a, it was like a, a nod to like movie fans, mm-hmm. Japanese, Japanese cinema. Yeah. And, uh, and the, the way she was talking about it made, made me really respect it more because. Like from their lenses, like I, I can't explain, it, but she, like she spoke with so much passion about the film, yeah, and and that made me like it more. But the uh, watching it initially, it was really dope. Uh, I think I think this is the best looking uh, Satoshi Kon movie. Mm-hmm. I think this one looks dope. You know, they all kind of look similar. I feel like this one was very vibrant. Yeah, uh, I feel like the scenes popped out a little more. Mm-hmm. Compared to the other movies, but still kept like that realistic feel of like how like people look and stuff. Yeah. And I honestly, by the end, when I found out the guy died, mm-hmm. I was it hurt. Yeah, it did hurt. But, yeah. <laughs> but you know, that's life. I actually like that she didn't get the the happy ending. Yeah. Well, even though it wasn't the happy ending, it was it was still like she still had a smile at the end. Yes. So. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, so I, I really, I really liked it. It was a good ride, mm-hmm. start to finish. Really interesting, and uh, how the 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 dudes who are making the, um, the documentary about her life are just like interwoven into the the movie scenes. Yes, yeah. Uh, the camera guy is really funny. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. It was really, it was a really fun to watch. 
Nice. Really good watch. I'm glad you enjoyed it. I I like the humor. I'm glad that you enjoyed it because it was probably I guess Tokyo Godfathers is his funniest movie, but this was definitely like the other one out of the four that's trying to be funny in the same vein as Tokyo Godfathers. So yeah, I I I like that element a lot about it. I really enjoyed the twists and turns that the story took, like when when she saw the painting that the dude like made for her i was like oh my gosh like i wasn't expecting like i wasn't expecting that at all that was like a really like resonant moment it's like how is she gonna find him is she gonna find him and then that ending happens and it's oh it's so sad yeah but yeah that shit was sad mm -hmm. yeah but uh you know it's all about the journey yeah it is you know you know, I feel like everyone everyone can relate to this movie somehow because mm -hmm. you know, we all we everyone got goals, and I saw this awesome quote about this movie. I don't remember. Okay. It's like we all we all have these goals, and the way it's not really about the goal; it's about the journey. Mm -hmm. And yeah, those are amazing quote, but uh, yeah, it really is about the journey. And yeah, that's what the last line in the movie says. Yeah. Um, and. Even though, like, she didn't find the guy, and her life purpose was to find the guy, she still lived like a good life. Mm -hmm. and, like, yeah, found success in her career and acting. Plus, she like, you know, she did the whole she traveled the world, super famous. So, yeah. Plus, she lived like her last thirty years. Like, I assume we're like just chilling at the crib, so mm -hmm. she wasn't really like working or nothing. Yeah, she was rich. She still her journey. Trying to find a guy who gave her a good life so she can reflect on it. She, I feel like she reflect on it and still like had a smile at the end. Mm -hmm. So it is, it is like heartwarming to see her smile at the end when she's going to space and shit. Yeah, you know it, that was a dope scene too. I know, like that was a dope scene. I fucking love that final shot. It was like, I, I think I had a comparison in my head, but I, I can't remember it now. But dude, that ending like that hit so hard for me. I was like, oh my gosh, and that's. Usually when they do like the movie up until that point was doing like like real life into movie and it was like blending real life into movie and it would constantly go back to real life to reassure you like yeah that was the movie like flashback thing but then it just ends mm -hmm. on the flashback thing it doesn't go back to like her real self dying and it's just like oh my god that's so effective it goes all white and then the song starts playing I love the final shot it goes so fucking hard. Um, yeah. yeah, I, I loved the way this movie was executed. I mean, it's basically the same as Paprika and Perfect Blue, like the hard, the fucking editing goes hard and it like switches between past movie version and modern, uh, real life version in a really cool way. Um, I think, I think that was extremely effective for me and the movie, uh, makes me think a lot about like what it's saying by doing that because Cone's movies all of them are kind of just like uh Paprika even Tokyo Godfathers to the to the extent where like something that we don't know is real is being seen as real through the lens of the movie and Tokyo Godfathers it's like is God real and is he like motivating some of the things that are happening in the story and Perfect Blue mm -hmm. it's like is virtual Mima like real is like, is this alter ego, like fantasy thing 
uh, a real thing, like doing stuff in this setting, is are the dreams real in in Paprika? Da 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 da. And with this movie, it's basically like making you feel like these movies, which are just her acting. It's making you feel like the story that she's experiencing in the real world is the same story that she's experiencing in the movies and the heart and passion that's being shown through the films that she's making is in tandem with the heart and passion that she feels in her own life towards her boyfriend and towards like her whole pursuit of love. And he blends that so well where like you're watching a scene from a movie and like you just start to not really care that it's a movie like subconsciously you discern like okay this is a movie this is like real world but at the end of the day it kind of doesn't matter you kind of just care about the character and her drive and her story in the same way that you do for his other movies and i i really like that because it makes me feel it makes me feel like the movies are just her real life i love the ending where like the dude tells her that like uh the the boy her boyfriend's like she actually never knows that her boyfriend's dead but she gets the note and then she immediately runs away and the song that plays and like how it cuts between previous scenes that we've seen in the movies like up until previous scenes that we've seen in millennium actress like the movies within millennium actress it's so confusing whenever i say that like you know you see her slam on the door and it's it's the cut from when she was slamming on the door in the prison but it's like her on the train and then she like it cuts to the next shot and she like jumps off the train it just does that back to back to back to back and it's it's so good and um you it just everything just blends together really well and i lost a little bit of track but basically what i was saying is that i feel like this movie with its blending of realities what it's saying is that movies are like no different than what we experience um in our world and the stuff that you see in a movie is just as real as the stuff that you experience in your life so when i watch this movie and i see how the movies affect the guy that's making the documentary on her and how the movies affect her then it makes me think how is this movie that i'm watching right now affecting me if the stuff in the movies that she's experiencing is so real then and I'm feeling, and this movie, Millennium Actress, feels real to me. How real is Millennium Actress to me? How much does it blend with my life, right? Mm-hmm. It's, it's so crazy to think about. It's like a, it's a movie. I, I know this is like cringe as fuck to say, but it's a movie in a movie in a movie, and it's like, it's like, am I a movie? I don't know. <laughs> um, it's so cool. It's so fucking cool. And then. You ask yourself, like, the love that you watch, like, in a movie, is it any different than the, lo- than the love you experience in the real world? Is it just, like, a, a faint reflection? Or is it, like, just as real as what you experience in, in your life? Uh, this movie makes me think a lot about, about movies and about, like, art and about love. Uh, I I didn't really take notes and it's it's hard to explain because I haven't fully articulated my thought and I don't think I ever will be able to unless I like you know lock myself in my house for like a month and like make a video on it but yeah like that's mm-hmm. that's what I think the main purpose of Millennium Actress is it's just like this endless this endless uh story about about a about movies 
and and what they mean and what they mean to us and what they mean to the people who make them it's, yeah. it's really cool yeah it's got a fucking banger ass title <laughs> millennium actress it's so cool that is a dope title yeah i think all his titles are dope yeah perfect blue paranoia agents yeah i know we i'm so excited for paranoia agent now because i i don't know anything about it i hope that i know you've already seen it but i hope that we can watch it soon mm. yeah but millennium actress is is really good i i enjoy it a lot uh it makes me makes me think it's one of the most effective uh satoshi Kone movies for me i really like it um i'm trying to think if there's anything else i have to say i just saw this movie gonna, go ahead i was gonna read this um this dude uh he said uh the main character of millennium actors is based on a real actor named setsuko Hara. oh my god that's so cool and they had like their story was similar because like she was very popular and they and she like quit with like acting randomly mm-hmm after I guess her lover died, and like she just, uh, I'm assuming it says, uh, we always had a mystique thanks to her early retirement from acting and her infamous, infamously reclusive life ever since. And she only, she never really saw acting as a job. Oh my kinda god. Kind of just like, kind of just like our character. Let's go. Oh my gosh. So everything I just said is like true. It's like, it's, oh my god, that's so cool. Oh my gosh. And think about that in like a meta way, because like this movie that has movies in it, um, this this movie, these movies that take place in a movie that is inside the movie Millennium Actress is based on a girl who made movies. So this movie is like based on other movies and oh, holy shit, dude, that's so yeah, I mean, like, I know if like for us. Like, this person right here says, like, the movie is a love note to, like, Japanese, uh, 50s and 60s, uh, Japanese movies. Mm. And I'm, since we're not Japanese, we wouldn't get that, but we know Godzilla, and Godzilla was in there. Yeah, I did, I did see that, yeah. And I've seen, like, Godzilla, so I, I didn't, I don't know. I don't know if it was a direct reference to like the girl who was in godzilla or if that was no, not the girl in godzilla i think okay. like just like the movie itself right yeah yeah but, like all the movies mm-hmm. uh the characters in is like um yeah. reference to the actual movie right yeah Bro. oh manny that makes it so much cooler it's it's so mind fucky i i'm trying to like think of a comparison of a movie that like is because there are other meta movies. There are other movies that are like about themselves or they talk about themselves like as it's happening. But I don't think we've watched anything like that. I'm there's like a uh, there's a part of me that wants to say Memento, but obviously Memento isn't like like uh like this movie. Yeah. But it feels like it feels like the movie uh. I don't really know if I'm explaining this well, but it feels like it revolves around itself. Like it goes in a circle, like what the movie is about, uh, is going to constantly happen over and over again. Movies inspire real life and real life inspires movies. And that's kind of what the movie is about. And while that happens in the movie, it also happens in real life. The movie was inspired by a real life girl 
and you're going to watch this movie and be inspired by this movie and then you're going to make a movie based on this movie <laughs> it's, it's like oh my god like that's so cool that's so fucking cool to me it's it's so um it's so badass yeah i i love it i i was yeah. scared at, at whether i would be able to articulate my thoughts but i think the way i just put it is how i feel about this movie it's that was the perfect way i could explain it i'm not going to even try and like add on to that that's perfect yeah yeah do you want to look up the quote that that you were talking about i know was it like a youtube comment will it be hard to find or something i definitely can't find it okay okay yeah. all right well i don't um i don't know if there's much else to say mm. banger movie banger movie yeah i really like that they never showed the dude's face i was very happy yeah. they did that that was a very thoughtful choice sure you on that one. <sighs> fuck yeah i think we can put a capper on that <laughs> i think that i think that puts it very simply this is um this movie is really good. I I like it a lot. It resonates with me completely. Uh, I found the I found the the movie references. I can show it to you right now. Yeah, please do. Okay. Oh, let me come right now. Oh, that's Onigiri. Godzilla. Godzilla. I think that's Tokyo Story. Never heard of that one. That's Ron. Wow. Those are some of them. Wow, that looks so cool. Even uh, this one, absolutely. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. A lot of a character. This one right here. Mm -hmm. This one's cool. It's yeah, got the little. Mm -hmm. It's got the little things right there. Yeah. When I saw this, I was like, "What the hell is that?" Oh, is that the fucking bread sword video? The, I think that's him. Bread sword? Is that the name of the YouTuber? I recognize the title of the video. Who made the? No, it's not bread. Bread sword. <laughs> that's yes. a, that's the name of his channel. Is it under the scope? I'm gonna guess it's that. Yeah, it's under the scope. Mm. Oh, under the scope. I like his channel. Made a lot of fate videos yeah yeah all right millennium actress i'm gonna give millennium actress a 10 out of 10 i really like it yeah 10 out of 10 i love it yeah what do you give it give it an eight okay cool now we'll talk about blade runner 2049 actually um no did you watch the shinichiro watanabe animated one it's okay if you didn't i didn't okay actually I forgot about that. Okay. That's okay. Um yeah. You can talk about it though. Uh it's um basically it's the blackout um that they keep talking about in the movie about like everything getting cut out and like like an event where like all the electricity went out and we don't have the records of anything that came before. That's basically what that was covering. And mm -hmm. it was I don't know how much I want to say because I I really want you to watch it and I really want you to to check it out because it's it's really fucking cool. You will enjoy it. I'm glad you didn't watch the other ones because <laughs> they were the other ones were really bad and they were stupid. But this one, 
This one's good. If you are a fan of Shinichiro Watanabe, like, oh my God, it it's so... We're done with Millennium Actress, but it, it ties into Millennium Actress because like Blade Runner got made. He got inspired by Blade Runner, made Cowboy Bebop, and now he's making Blade Runner. It like, it came back full circle. And like a lot of the things that happen in it are like, I'm not going to say any. All I'm going to say is as someone who is um, well-versed in Watanabe's catalog and has seen the first Blade Runner, you will derive a lot from it. And I think you will enjoy it. And there's a lot to talk about from it. And it was fucking cool because it came out in uh, May 2022. I mean, what, what am I saying? Sorry. It didn't come out in May 2022. The story takes place in May 2022. Which is so cool. When I saw that on the screen, I was like, no way. Oh, my God. <laughs> That's so badass. <laughs> um, that is cool. Yeah. Yeah, it was like uh, it was like when I watched Akira in 2019. I was like, oh, my God. <laughs> this is what the world is now. Like figuratively, even though it's not literally. We all want power. We all want to be gods. Canada. But, yeah. Um <laughs> You, I need to rewatch, I need to rewatch Akira. Yeah, we'll we'll talk about it whenever we uh, rewatch it. I never got my fucking 4K Blu-ray back. I sent my little thing in a fucking package to Funimation because it didn't have the proper 4K, and they never gave me like the proper one back. So I literally don't have it. <laughs> uh, I'll probably just email them and be like, "Hey, I never got it back," and they'll give me one for free. But yeah. Um, you you would enjoy it. You would enjoy it a lot. There's there's a lot that I that I want to talk about uh, in regards to it. And uh, speaking of the Shinichiro Watanabe thing, I'm glad you enjoyed the the Captain Christian video that I sent you. It was fucking awesome. That's yeah. like one of the best YouTube videos I've ever seen. I was like, whoa! When when the when Spike said tears and rain, I was like, oh! I literally like went like that when I watched the video. I was like, dude, that's so cool. Yeah. Yeah, that's like the voice actor who plays Spike. He like the guy who made the video called him and was like, "Can you say this for my video?" And the guy's like, "Yeah." And I was like, "Oh, that's so badass." That's that's insane. Yeah, it is insane. Yeah, all you should watch other videos that he's made if you're interested. He did a Fooly Cooly one in the same vein as that. Ooh. Yeah, I like me some Fooly Cooly. Mm-hmm. Play Cooly, but yeah, we can we can get into. 2049 um one of the big motivators when it came to my rating of the first blade runner is not just like bebop and ghost in the shell but very much blade runner 2049 watching this movie is kind of like you know yeah blade runner is a classic but here's how much you can do with that universe and with that setting it really kind of shows that the original movie just scratched the surface of what it's concept and narrative was capable of i feel like it takes the themes of the original blade runner and expands on them it doesn't it there's so much i have to compliment with this movie for one this is a very plot plotty movie like it is a very like like shit's happening you know it's not just it's not like jinro it's not like the first blade runner it's it's very much like the there's a story and it's an exciting story with like twists and turns but it doesn't sacrifice the tone of Blade Runner or Jinro. It still kind of has that vibe, which it's it's hard to execute that, you know? Like, you have to be really skilled to, like, 
still make your movie feel moody and quote-unquote slow without actually being slow. And this movie does a very good job at that. Two and a two hours and forty-five minutes, and I um on this watch, I I did have to like pause it, not because I got bored. It was really long. Yeah, it is. Did you feel the length? Did you? Long. Yeah. Did it feel it, long? It felt astronomically long. Mm, okay. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like <laughs> if I was in a proper like theater experience, it would. I feel like for me, it would go by rather quick that's the thing that's the thing i I, theater is theater is the 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 best way to watch a movie oh yeah so when watching this movie were you thinking because one of my main things the first thing i wrote down was like watching this on my fucking tv with my shitty like tv speakers feels like i'm committing a sin like i felt so bad the way i was watching this movie i know it's it's not the proper way yeah Uh, Yeah. it sucks I, I watched on my Mac, my MacBook. Mm-hmm. But I know. I just feel like in a movie, a movie setting. Yeah. That's. I love going to the movies. Mm-hmm. Me too. I do it every fucking week. <laughs> yeah. There's movie, movie theater. I know we're going on a little tangent, but the movie theater for me. Have you ever gone to sleep in a movie theater? Yeah, all the time. I do it like all, all the, time. the time. Yeah, all the time. Probably because you go more than me, but I've never slept in a movie theater. I don't know. I'm so like when I'm in a theater, I'm so invested, even if, if it's ass. Mm-hmm. Sometimes I'm really fucking tired, even if I like love the movie. Like sometimes I just have to close my eyes because I'm so tired. Okay. Yeah, but yeah, I go to sleep in the movies all the time, especially mm-hmm. for movies I like don't care about. Like when I watch Morbius, I'm like. I can go to sleep right now. <laughs> I wake up and I'm like, ooh, something cool happening. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, I never go, to, I only go to movies when I have to. Mm-hmm. Right. So, yeah. I really go. Yeah. Movie, I, I don't, I don't feel that way with every uh, movie. Some movies, I don't feel like they, I benefit from watching it on the biggest screen possible. Like Sonic 2, <laughs> I feel like Sonic I wouldn't, the experience of watching it at home on my TV would not be very different. Um, would, I wouldn't derive that much more value from seeing it on the big screen in a theater. But this movie feels so crafted for like a 4K, like IMAX, like screen. And the audio, just like the sound design and the music, it feels like you need to watch it on like, I feel like I need to be hearing it around me, not just in front of me. If that makes any mm-hmm. sense, like the boom, just hearing it like from one tiny speaker, like pointing at my face. I'm just like, damn it. I'm so sorry, guys. <laughs> I, I really wish that I could be more respectful towards this movie. Maybe when I'm older, I'll have a home theater set up and I'll be able to watch this movie the proper way. But yeah, um, that was like the first thing I had to mention. But uh, yeah, so uh, did, the, did the movie feeling long? Um what what did you think about the movie with given that given that statement? I wouldn't really call it a negative, even though I normally would. Cause this one it was like I felt like I was three hours in and it was only like one hour thirty. Yeah, <laughs> I understand. I understand. Oh no, it felt weird. Um, I don't know. It felt so long. Mm-hmm. I can't really explain it. Uh, it's okay. But, yeah, but. Still, still a good movie, nonetheless. Mm-hmm. I don't know if I like it more than the first one, though. Mm, interesting. I feel, like, I feel like everyone likes this one more. Yes. Right? Yeah. I, I can understand why. 
Right. I, I, I do think that one of the big reasons why I don't want to, I don't want to like invalidate everybody's opinion, but when it came out, people were like, this movie's going to be ass. There's no way that they're going to make a modern movie with the same like pacing as the original Blade Runner. There's no way they're going to make like a slow artsy, cool movie. It's going to be a Hollywood like thing. Cause you have to understand this was in the same like time period as like all the reboots like oh my god jurassic world and it's it's just like a remake of the first movie basically but just kind of with new graphics <laughs> it's like the same plot almost like star wars episode 7 so people were like that's what they're going to do with blade runner but people were very surprised that they didn't and i think people really warmed up to that fact uh, a lot but yeah well, what do you like about the first movie more than this one it's okay. It might be hard to articulate. I think, I think I think I like Deckard more. Oh wow! I was that was like the main thing that I thought you were going to enjoy about this movie. I thought you were gonna like Ryan Gosling more. Wow! I feel like he he had so much more swagger. <laughs> I feel like he looked really cool in his like outfit. I feel like his whole arc and his whole character, even though he kind of just sits there and looks at the camera, I feel like it works works a lot. You know Deckard, Deckard is swagless. <laughs> He's he is more human, and I feel like the scenes, I feel like scenes where like when Deckard goes to the, his house and the shorty's there, and he's right. just like he's like pours a drink, sits down. <laughs> I felt so human. Yeah, yeah, I like yeah. Rustling, because I know like Deckard was like meant to be like portrayed as human, right? Right, and then the. Is that he's a robot, but mm-hmm. I can't. But I guess Gosling, Gosling in this one was like, was like I, I, I feel like I was told that like, yo, you're a replicant. Yes. So we show like, all those emotions, right? Right. Yeah. Yeah. So I feel like I like I like the Deckard version more. Mm. Gotcha. It's a, a human robot, mm-hmm. not like a robot robot that right. catches you. Yeah. But that that's not taken away from Gosling's his journey. Mm-hmm. It's more just about like mannerisms, yeah, and his characteristics. You know, mm-hmm. Deckard was I feel like had is even he's very swagless, and he's still swagless when he's old. He's still so swagless. Yeah. <laughs> did so? Did you like him? Did you like him more in Blade Runner twenty forty nine? Like his performance, I guess. I don't um, know. You don't know? Okay. No, hell no. Oh, okay, okay, okay. <laughs> he's still like he's still fucking stupid. He's still doing the. <laughs> I can't stand this guy. But yeah, I don't. You know, like I just I feel like the scene where they met each other. That shit, mm-hmm. that shit pissed me off. Like, oh really? What? Do you do? what De- I, I thought it was, it was kind of what Decker like, was doing. Kind of dragged. Huh? What deck? What was Decker doing? Like. Like when yeah, he, like, when he rolled he, up like, and he's like, "I want some cheese." What? That's what he said. He was like, "It was a really weird line." He was like, "I, like, I haven't had cheese in ages from a cow's titty." Oh yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, like he, he he emerged from the shadows. Oh, Deckard. Mm-hmm. Uh, right. Yeah. That's the idea. Um. Well, like he's so retarded. You think so? Really? Like, Gosling's like, "Yo, I'm here to talk." He's like, "Okay." 
<laughs> well, dude, he's well, like he's been on the run, and if anybody was, I know he's senile, but yeah, no, 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 no. I feel like I don't think it's. You think it's senile? I think it makes perfect sense. He's like, senile, really? He, I feel like, think about it from like, his perspective. Like, he was a minus the first scene when they got to like the Elvis part. It was like, bro, if Dawson wanted to fuck you up, bro, you would have. He would have been dead already, bro. Mm. I'm just trying to talk, right? And it's like, bro. Even when Dawson's asking him questions, like, yo, what's the daughter's name? He's like, <laughs> I don't know. I just don't like it. Like, why, like, why are you even, like, why are you not answering the question? Yeah. Because you're on the run? Well, like, bro, if you're on the run, bro, I already caught you, bro. Mm-hmm. I already know you have a kid, bro. Yeah. I don't know. If you I guess you're trying to protect the kid, but still, I, I feel like it's clear that this dude is not fucking malicious. He would have just fucking took you in like the other, the other people did. So um, yeah. I, didn't really, I didn't really like the Deckard reveal scene, personally. I see. I, I think Deckard's like... I felt like his attitude like in in this movie was reflective of his attitude. Like the way he talks and like he's like such an asshole is always like being snarky with, with like his colleagues in the first movie. It felt reflective like in this one. And I felt like he was just being him like in that in that moment for me but i feel i don't think i don't know i felt to me it was i felt out of character i don't feel like mm. that great from the old movie yeah in the old movie he was he was like super calm collected you think so and i not, feel like i feel like deckard is a no. character that like never likes to admit um like the whole point of the first movie is he doesn't want to admit that he's wrong about replicants and about the way that he sees the world and then by the end of the movie he kind of is like all right replicants are human beings and i do love you and i was i was kind of wrong but i'm still kind of like a hmm like i don't know what anime character does he resemble ah oh, vegeta it's kind of it's kind of like that where it's just like oh, fine goku but and i feel like it was just kind but of like his attitude i don't even, even think i'm talking about that it's more like i don't like think I like I don't know because the way the way Deckard when the dude's giving the speech in the first movie and he's just sitting there he's like <laughs> I feel like I, I've, I it's like dude like you were getting chased you was getting beat up by this guy if he wants to kill you would have killed him but and now you just you just sitting there looking retarded watching him speak but in this one is like from that I was like oh he's like calm cool collected right when this one is like. I don't know. I feel like I didn't feel like the same Deckard. Mm. Yeah, that's how. I do know what you mean by calm, cool, and collected because the idea of like, if you are you using the scene where Roy is talking to him as like an example because he's listening to Roy. In the whole movie, the whole first movie, as the whole. Yeah, I feel you. I feel the same way that he is kind of calm, cool, and collected in moments where it calls for it, and I feel like, I feel like there are moments like that. Like in the um the fucking whatchamacallit? Like the ending scene when he's like like when they're both in the snow and they're like kind of not really talking and they're they're only saying like what they need to say and they're not like talking any more than that. Um I like that part as well. But yeah, I understand where you're coming from. I understand what you're saying about Deckard. I'm surprised you didn't like him more. I, I personally thought that Harrison Ford in the last episode, I specifically said Harrison Ford is not trying, and that's actually why the movie was bad. And then I like looked that up, and there's no proof of that. I I guess I was talking out of my ass, and I apologize for getting that wrong. So I guess he's just bad, just because he's bad. But in this movie, I felt like 
they did a good job at making it not inconsistent from how he acted before, but enhancing the performance. Like when he saw fucking Rachel again, I felt like I saw like emotion like in his face. Mm -hmm. At least it felt felt like that for me. It felt very genuine. It felt like I was watching Deckard, um, even though he was acting more in this one. Yeah, I, I can't. I can't take him serious. Yeah, this so. looks so stupid. <laughs> yeah, he still looks a little goofy. But <laughs> what did? Goofy. So that's what you think about Ryan Gosling and uh, and and Deckard. I liked those characters a lot. But what did you think about the other characters, like Jared Leto? Jared Leto is like the new Tyrell Wallace something something. I mean, he he really doesn't do anything. Yeah, he doesn't do anything in the movie. He's just. I thought of, he would have like. I mean, he's on a cover of the movie. I thought he would have did something. They might as well replace him and put Joy there. Joy. Joy. His the angel. Her name is Joy. I think her name was. I don't. I think no, Joy. No, it's love. It's love. It's love. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, Joy was the name yeah. of the the robot girl in like the yeah, yeah. in the phone. Um. Yeah, I feel like. Why they just put Jared Leto, Leto on the cover because it's Jared Leto, but he didn't have he had like two speeches, but like love was like the actual threat, so they might as well put him right. on the cover. I think they just wanted it to be cool that like if we had to have someone be the ruler of like the Steve Jobs of this universe, would it look like an Asian girl that can kick ass, or would it look like like a blind like? Guy that no, no. Or... I'm not saying they were, should replace each other. I'm saying like because Jared Leto is barely in the movie, mm -hmm. why is he on the cover? Yeah, Love is like dominating the movie. Mm -hmm. She might be on the cover. So I'm saying I thought Jared Leto would have a bigger role because he was on the cover. Yeah, yeah. But he didn't yeah. really do much. So I don't. I don't really have a positive or negative. Gotcha. On well, that guy. I we were talking about Jared Leto negatively on the last episode, and watching Jared Leto this time. I remember on the last episode, I talked about like, oh, he's so lame in Suicide Squad and Morbius. And um, I, I kind of didn't like him this time. I said on the last episode, like, I think he's good in, I think he's good in Blade Runner. But this time I was like, I was like, shut up. <laughs> it was so, it it felt just like Morbius and, and Joker where it was like, he's trying so hard to be cool. And um, yeah, I guess when true. I was in high school, I thought it was cool. But now I just kind of look at it and it's, it just kind of feels like it's like it's like when people run around and dress up as like characters in an isekai. That's what it feels like Jerry Leto is doing. It feels like he's in his room, like looking in the mirror, being like, I am the Tyrell Corporation. We create angels. And <laughs> just like, oh boy. I just it just was a little bit much for me this time around. But yeah. yeah. Um, so there was that. And then there was there was joy. Did you like joy? Did you like that element of the movie where the replicant had like a little robot girlfriend? And there were a lot of scenes that I thought were pretty cool with that. And I was excited for you to see them. I thought I thought it was cool, but the movie did what I don't like the most in movies. It like ish before you even know about joy, they showed joy at the start as mm -hmm. like an ad, so you already know like. Right, you drew that connection when you saw both of them, like yeah. Yeah, it's like, obviously, like they're not trying to make you think she's real, right? Mm -hmm. But it's like, I don't know. Yeah, 
I, don't, I wish they never showed that advertisement. Right, because you could at least draw the assumption, oh, maybe they're personalized a little bit, and maybe he customizes his little yeah, robot girl. Yeah, exactly. And then the twist or, at the end of the movie is like, nope, they're all the same, and yeah, know, and no different. Because we already saw the ad, it's like, Ryan Goss, you didn't see the ad before? Like, you don't already know they're all the same or something? No, he, he yeah, he definitely does. It's just kind of, <laughs> it's just kind of like, you know, digging the nail into, into the wood. Oh my god, dude. This mm -hmm. is... This is so lame to me. Because mm. the advertisement at the end is cool. Right. It looks cool. Yeah, it does. It's cool. mm -hmm. But I don't, know. I don't know why they show you the advertising at the start. Yeah. Um, oh, wow. I feel that. It's not really, it's not really huge. But I... But I hate shit like that. It's just mm -hmm. like they did the same thing Marnie in my memories and shit. But, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think maybe they were trying to communicate to the audience they are all the same and he bought like a little thingy from the Wallace Corporation that really doesn't have a lot of value but watch him experience his life with the little robot girl that is the same as all the other robot girls and watch the genuine relationship between them and watch the real connection that they have and then at the end of the movie it it's just kind of reminding you like even though you already know it's just kind of reminding the main character and reminding you like there's there's so little value in in uh that relationship because she's like well objectively not because the whole point of the movie is that robots do have value but it's kind of like hitting a punch and hitting a, a hard spot where you know it's it's coming back uh, full circle to the beginning of the movie where it's telling you nah. she's a robot and she's the samey same. So I think it's nah. still, I think it's like Marnie where they tell you, and even though it's not a twist and maybe it would have been more effective as a twist, I get the idea because it wants you to kind of realize the nuance of that as you're watching it, where it's like, she is like all the other ones. Cause if you don't realize it, then it's just in retrospect and you just watch the reveal and then you have to just think about it by the end of the movie but if you're thinking about it as you're watching the movie maybe you're going to be getting a better experience by thinking of what what they showed you maybe i don't think so okay because like you said like if they don't show the ad because i don't need to be reminded mm -hmm. i know she's a robot he puts the chip in blah, yada 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 she literally freezes in time when he gets into a, a call that's that's all the reminders i need I don't need I don't need a reminder before she pulls up. Or I don't need a reveal before she pulls up. But it's like you know what it would have been like? It would have been like, oh, he got this he got joy, right? Say that there's no advertising. He got joy. We know she's a robot. But by the end, we know oh, all joys look the fucking same. Mm -hmm. We see the advertising, they're all built the same, they all have the same model. Now now that I know that they all have the same model. Now it's kind of like it's less for me. I know. But now yeah. if I found out at the end, it's like, oh, they all look the fucking same. He didn't customize it at all. It's like, oh, yeah, it's, a it's just a robot. Yeah. I feel like I feel like it would have been a little more. Yeah, I I feel but that. That's the thing. That's the thing. That's like my pet peeves. I understand because. Yeah, I understand. I understand what you're saying. I get it. I feel it, like you saw the big the big joy at the end. We're like, oh. That's Joy. Oh, wait. Dude, that Joy is not actually talking. All Joys look the same. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. 
I will say the first time I watched the movie when I was like a dumb dumb in high school, I did have that reaction. I was like, "Whoa, all George are the same," because <laughs> I didn't I didn't notice it the first time. <laughs> so maybe some people do have that reaction where it's like, "Whoa, I didn't hear I didn't hear them say that," but yeah, yeah. I guess even I like- for me, it is a case by case basis. Because what I'm the point that I'm making is that like they're telling you in the beginning so that you can experience the nuance of it as you're watching it, right? So you can experience like the deepness of their relationship and like the fact that she's just like all the other ones, there's like another layer to it that you can appreciate. But if they, I don't know, there are, there are some other reveals that like, like if they told you that he, that he was not like, like a real boy, like throughout the entire movie, even though the movie's built on that twist, then, you know, like some movies are crafted for twists and some movies are crafted for like, the telling you in the beginning so that you experience like the nuance of it in that moment well it's, it's tough it's tough this, it's complicated. Is why, this is why attack on titan is the best because we find out at the same time as the characters yeah so when we react they react i don't like yeah. reacting before the characters react and i'll never like that i'll never understand any person so well i think i'll, I'll, I'll never like give I, don't, I can't respect I, uh, that's not cool to me I just I can't do it this is a pet peeve of mine personally I just can't yeah. I think about I think, I think about that a lot and I th- try to think about other examples of that and one that I did think about is the dude in Jinro when he sees that the girl betrayed him you as an audience know that the girl is betraying him because they told you and then he sees it himself and he like has that moment where he takes the photo out and then he like drops the envelope because he's like so surprised that the it shows photos of this girl like talking to the bad guy of the movie so i was gonna ask you that like does that is that also something where you're like come on if only i didn't know that because i feel like it it works because... i think like it would have been better if he didn't okay so, okay it's like imagine like seeing like when reiner and berto like yo where where are the niggas mm-hmm. and he'll we're like, oh yeah, well, how's Aaron gonna react? Because we already know. Right. It's lame. Yeah, I, I. That's what I was just saying with like. Because like uh, we see, we see Aaron's like, oh, oh, and I the know. viewers like. It's like yeah. we connect with the main character. I wish I could, because this happens a lot, like in in media. This is not like something that people consider to be bad. Like it's a normal trend in most movies. So, one of these days. Um, I'll continue to come up with examples as the time goes on to see if, to see if it's like any different for you. But I understand, I agree with the Reiner and Bertolt comparison, but it's how I feel about the Blade, like this movie where it's like, it can't tell you he's a human before, you know? And it, it can't, you can't, you can't tell that Gawson's a human. Yeah. Cause that's like the whole point of the movie. Like the movie, I mean, can't, I mean excuse me. The movie cannot tell you that he's a replicant because it's trying to trick you into him being a human the mo- attack on titan can't tell you that reiner and bertolt are the things because they're trying to trick you into that like some movies are crafted for the trick and some movies are are crafted for for like the new you think i don't know memento would be you think you'd see memento the same if you already knew like, about what if you do like, that's the whole point of memento like you know no, like, <laughs> Okay, no, 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 no. You don't. You don't. No, you. No, you don't. Yeah, no, no you, you don't. don't yeah, I was wrong about that one. Yeah. You know, you know. 
they show it in the beginning. Yeah. Time, right? Hmm? Yeah, but you you don't like process that. You are correct. Yeah, I just confused it. That's like <laughs> it's like saying yeah. like. Yeah. I, I knew who Zeke was before he came. Mm -hmm. <laughs> That's like someone saying, "Oh, I knew that was Zeke, like Aaron's brother." That's true. Like, it would that would be bad because it's like, very I crafted like for that. Memento, you can put the if you're really like if you're really like that, you can piece what it together. What about when Aaron meets uh, Reiner in the basement? Like that's you know Aaron's there before you you get to that part. What mm -hmm. if? Uh, maybe this is not a good example. This might not but be a the, good example. The thing, but... with, the thing is with that scene is that we don't know Aaron's intentions because when he blows shit up, no one thought he was gonna do that shit. Yeah. I don't know if that's the best example, and I don't know if. I don't know if that's correct either because I. Yeah, I I can't I can't go back and forth on that one because I don't remember, watching it I didn't feel surprised when he like, blew the place up. But maybe it's because he explained it like right before. <sighs> it was the nature of the conversation because yeah. the viewer, because you see Aaron's like, like he's like forgiving, he's like shakes his hand, but uh, Ryan is like happy, and he's yeah. like, well, I'm gonna keep going forward. So the viewer is like, yeah, you're like going up and down. It's like, oh, Aaron's cool with him now, mm -hmm. but then he blows up and yeah. kills fucking civilians. But so this you, is a new Aaron. But do you see what I'm? what i'm saying where like like the but the movie that's not really... no 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 cuz it it shows you Reiner and his friends and like all those kids you get accustomed with those characters and then the movie explicitly i mean excuse me attack on titan the show explicitly tells you Aaron is in there and Aaron you kind of know Aaron's going to cause conflict and i i think i don't what else would he be doing there? <laughs> like when, when they, sh when, cause that's the whole point of season four. It gets you accustomed to these characters. You start to like them. And then you see Aaron there and you're like, uh Oh, like that's kind of your initial reaction. But um, when you I see feel it, like it's not because that's, that's different. Cause that's like a minor reaction. That's not, that's not like, cause that, that but, scene mm -hmm. in the grand scheme of reveals, that's minor in Attack on Titan. Right, because it wants so, to show you that, so that the Reiner and Aaron thing. Because if 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 you see Aaron there yeah. in that part, then it's like, once again, this might not be a great example for yeah, what so the I'm main about thing to bring we're talking about, right? Cause, okay, because now it's it's different. Because even though we know Aaron's there, now we're seeing it from Reiner's fucking pure blank, did not know shit. Mm -hmm. So, but it's not the same though, because in. Why, why'd you just do that? Why'd you, why'd you make that expression? What, which expression? I made, it's I made like four. It's a reveal to us. Because now we're on the other side of the table. Now we're seeing it from Reiner's perspective. And I'm, I'm, I went like this because I love seeing Reiner's perspective. And it's like one of yeah, my favorite moments in that, the show. How does that, how and does that my relate whole... to the argument of like... Because, because the whole argument that we're making, you said... And I and I remember this vividly. You said like when you were talking about Ride Your Wave in the Link Click episode, you were like, "The thing in Ride Your Wave does not matter because it's a reveal for the character, not a reveal for us, and we don't care about that, so it means nothing." But you care about Reiner, okay, so yeah, you on. you care about his. What, re what reveal in Link Click? 
No, no, you were, you were talking about Ride Your Wave. I'm saying we were talking oh, about Ride Your okay. Wave in the Link Click yeah. episode. And you were saying that because the reveal that we know about the boyfriend getting saved by the girl is being shown to the girl, it doesn't matter to us because it's being shown to the girl and we already know about it. And yeah. I think that if you don't care about the girl and you don't care about that story and you don't care about how it affects her, then it's not going to matter to you. And in the way that Ride Your Wave didn't affect you, there are stories where I haven't been affected because like, okay, well, I already know it and I don't give a fuck. So, mm. so I felt that way too. But in stories like Attack on Titan, when Reiner sees Eren, like when, when they reveal that Eren is in Marley, I'm like, oh my God, I, wh what's going to happen? Is, is Reiner going to see him? Is this person going to, like, there are, th it just like Ride Your Wave, the reveal for the character is what I'm excited for because I love Reiner and I love his relationship with Eren and they're back and forth and Which, I'm excited for that moment. This is, I'm not going to lie, this is this is different okay because because of the way season four, season four when you say this point, is different you mean ride your wave is different you no mean, the this attack on titans uh scene. okay so you're comparing attack on titan I, and even ride your wave. i feel yeah. even i feel like this basement scene because i don't know what leads up to it to make you know that aaron's in there i guess he talks to falco but the thing is, like I said, the reveal, to me, the reveal of that scene isn't like seeing Reiner's reaction to seeing Aaron. It's the explosion. Because mm -hmm. me personally, I didn't, I didn't see that coming. Right. Because Aaron was like, dapped him up. I was like, oh, I didn't think he was going to blow up after the, you know. I think, for me, that was the, because when I saw that, I was like, oh. Okay. I, when they met, I wasn't like, oh. Maybe, you know I mean? maybe it's been a long time since you've seen it, but they they build up, because I don't know if you remember, but the guy who is presenting at the attack on, at the at the stage that Aaron yeah, that destroys, for like episodes, maybe it was like one entire episode or multiple episodes, but for episodes before that, it shows that guy talking in like a very cryptic, vague manner to the general and being like, I know that Aaron's here. He didn't say this explicitly, but like this, every conversation they have is about this. He's like, I know the founding Titan is here. I know they're going to attack us. And this conversation that this speech that I give about the history in tandem with the attack that Aaron's going to do at the stage, like when all the generals are going to be there, like he made, he did that performance because he knew all the generals were going to be there and Aaron would want to destroy all the generals like in that moment. But he also knew that in order to really motivate people to fight Paradise Island, um, he would need to do his speech talking about why they're bad and then have Aaron pop up and be like, like, this is why they're bad, which is the only reason why the military guy was on the roof, like outside with all of his dudes, like ready to attack because he knew that Aaron was there. So, mm -hmm. you know, Aaron is going to blow up the thing and it's, it's um, you know, it's about the think, moment. I think that I know what you're talking about. I think that's revealed after that. Aaron's gonna do something. I'm that conversation that Tiber had was. I think that was after that episode. Okay, I I I watched it very recently, and I'm fairly certain it was before. But I will not, I will not say like you are wrong. I'd have to go because, back and look myself. 
because I remember, I remember getting spoiled on that conversation on what you're talking about. Mm. I After remember it happened. Spoiled. Yeah. I might be wrong, but I remember getting spoiled on that. So when the dudes are at the thing and like the, the general is like standing there, like on top of the, on top of the place and they're all like ready. And I guess once again, maybe you don't remember this, but I recall like lines being said, like, like, Oh, I wonder what's taking him so long. I, I, I wonder if he's even here. Like once again, it's been a couple months, so maybe I am wrong, but uh yeah that's that's essentially my i'm going to use the reiner thing as my defense because you love their relationship at, and you love their little at, rivalry at the end of the day like i said that their conversation in the grand scheme of attack on Titan of reviews it was minor so i feel like that that isn't like enough to warrant this argument because in the, the shit we're talking about is way bigger to the like the movie like in in ride your wave it was like that's what the movie's about you know what i mean where like in in uh blade runner is like it's about joy and this dude's relationship somewhat mm -hmm. i feel like the conversation they had was like very minuscule when it comes to reveals like when i think of attack on Titan reveals i'm not going to think of reiner meeting him in the basement i'm going to think about the basement uh, when Zeke pulled up, when they, uh, Reiner and Bertold type of shit, and, like, when he talks to his dad, like, those are, like, actual, like, mind-boggling reveals. I feel like uh, a conversation is, like, it's kind of, like, minuscule. Even though it was, like, a dope scene, don't get me wrong, I'm not downplaying the scene. I was, like, I don't know. I don't think it's enough to, like, warrant, like, uh, even if it was, like, well, crazy, I'm, I, don't I'm think saying... it's, I don't think it's as impactful to, like, uh, the Roger Waves or the the Your Names or the, the Marnie and Your Memories is like well I feel like when those movies do it it's different than anime do it and the movie do it because when movies do it that's what the whole movie's about and we already know what the movie's about before they even show it hmm. so so when it comes to Aaron being revealed in Marley, if they did it at the basement thing, you don't think you don't think that would be any better than how they did it, like in the show, like as it is right now, because that's the conversation that you have with like a lot of the things where it's like, oh, if only they showed this thing now instead of like like two twenty minutes before, like in Ride Your Wave. You seeing Aaron Aaron getting revealed in the basement? Right, because that is the reveal that Aaron is there. No, it's not. That's what I'm talking about. It's not the reveal, though. Talking about in the basement or in Marley? I know that I know that we we're kind of going in a circle because no, I know that it, you it's said the reveal that he's in the basement or in Marley. I thought you were talking about Marley in general. In in Marley in general, yeah, that's what I was talking about. Nah, because he, he's already revealed before that. When he's talking to Falco, he talks to his granddad. Mm -hmm. Like, you see his face. Yeah. Mm -hmm. so, like, we already know he's in Marley. Right. I'm, I'm losing, like, track mentally. I don't know if... I feel like I might be... I feel like I might be regurgitating, like, the whole conversation. But what I was trying to say is that 
because it got revealed earlier, the example I was trying to use is that Aaron gets revealed to be in Marley and yep. no one knows, not even really Falco. He doesn't know that it's Aaron. Only the audience knows. Then Reiner finds out and Reiner's like, oh my God. And I understand that that's not like a reveal. And okay. if it okay. was a reveal, exactly what, that's what I'm exactly. trying to say. Yeah. That's like, okay. So because we know Aaron's there, it's we like it's like saying, well, we're knowing this, so it's not a reveal. But that's like saying, that's like saying, that's like saying, Berthold and Reiner when they did it. Say if I picked, I picked the pieces and knew that was Berthold and Reiner. It's still a, a reveal for Aaron. So I see what you mean, but like, uh, it depends if you pick up the pieces or not. Because some people, I mean, some people, like you said, like. Like when you was a kid, you didn't notice the the ad at the first at the side of Blade Runner. Some people didn't even know that was. Some people did not know that was Aaron being revealed before he's in the basement. So, I guess if you pick it up or not. No, you will know it's Aaron. It's like the movie makes it very clear that it's like an Attack on Titan when they first show Aaron. People that saw Aaron with the long hair and they're like, "Oh, I don't know who that is." Like there were people yeah. that did that. That's. That's very yeah, yeah, no, we're dealing, we're dealing with casuals. The movie is, ah, oh, the movie, that's, that's the really show? bad. No, that's really bad on the audience's part to, to see him. The music like swells up and everything. It's like, dun, 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 dun. <laughs> it's, it's such a big moment. And there's all these parts like where he like talks to his, they focus on this character so much. That's really interesting that people didn't know. Yeah, but. I think, I see what you mean. But I I do see what you mean as well. I at the end of the day, I don't like when movies do it. Right. And I I I need to see a movie do it where it's not annoying to me. Right. Anime is different. I do agree that like like the the example with Reiner and Berto getting revealed is a great example. Cause if you find out before that, it wastes that moment. And that moment like doesn't have the same effect. And if it was going to have the same effect, you would need to craft it. It obviously wouldn't be able to have to, the same effect, but you need you would need to craft it with the context of like, like this is no longer a reveal for the audience. So let's not pretend like it is, and let's do it in a way where like, um, the the audience already knows, and and it's more just like the moments like with the with the characters um i yeah it's uh because an example is like with with annie i didn't talk about this when we talked about attack on titan but obviously i've seen the show so i know that annie's the female titan but i think if i rewatch the show like with as try hard as we are now i think i would find out that annie is the female titan before they tell you and mm -hmm. i think that i think that it like takes it away a little bit because it's crafted in like such a oh my god you weren't expecting this were you kind of way mm. so i agree with you to 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 a degree where i feel like there are some things that are better as reveals um for the audience than just for the characters and maybe most stories will be better that way but for me
it's it's on a case-by-case -case basis it depends on the scene and it depends on what it's about so that's 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 how i'll cap that off um <clears throat> yeah because because i i do feel that way about about certain things but yeah that was that was a good back and forth back to blade runner 2049 so the main like so if we're talking about twists the main twist of this movie of like the movie telling you he's a human and then being like oh no you're not like the well the movie doesn't tell you it's a human the movie tells you that he's the child that was born from the replicant fucking jesus neo but then the movie tells you like they tell you like no you're not the child did did that twist uh work for you given that you didn't know anything about it yes it, that twist yeah. actually works perfectly yes. mm -hmm. because the it i did think he was i thought he was neo yeah i did Me too. and then when we see that scene where she's like it's not fucking you mm -hmm. and then he starts going crazy it's like damn yeah mm -hmm. um, right uh that 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 twist worked well because we found out at the same time as Gosling. so mm -hmm. it was a great scene yeah uh, I agree. And I like how I like how the movie like pushes you towards thinking he's Neo, mm -hmm. just to, for that to get shut down. Yeah, it does a really good job at like not giving you the information. You can't even if you like never watch the movie up before up until like they say it before you hear them say it. If you like analyze the entire movie to try and guess like who the child is, whether it's him or whether it's like someone else, like you're 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 probably never gonna guess that. Yeah, cause, cause he starts thinking it's him because he searches, he does that, he searches the thing up, finds like there's a boy and a girl, yeah, like the girl's dead, mm -hmm. and it's him, and then he has those memories. So, yeah. if yeah, if you, there's no way you piece that. So, mm -hmm. yeah. that was a good, that was a good review. Yeah, I I like that, and I love um what uh how it changes the narrative. It does a good job because. Like this is this is something we're finding out after the fact is very important because the entire movie is about like, oh my God, is there validity to a replicant's life? Like, you know, are replicants no different than human beings now that they can give birth and like they can like procreate on their own? And then um, the movie basically tells you, and this character thinks that he's like the procreated version, so he thinks that he's more human than uh, other people. That you know, he doesn't. Maybe he feels like less like a skin job, but then the movie basically tells you because because you're supposed to watch the movie and you're supposed to watch this main character, see him as a replicant. And then when the movie says he's a human, you're supposed to see the human sides of his replicant self. Like when he retakes the test, the test is, is supposed to like restrict his like free will kind of. It's supposed to make him like into this mindset where like only think replicant thoughts be a fucking slave and it's kind of like he has the freedom and he has consciousness and he has independence so those are attributes of being a human and being like a like a living thing on this earth and even though he's he's i think they show you that when he is the fucking when the movie's telling you that he's like the chosen one and when it tells you he's not the chosen one it recontextualizes all that because it's like well he is a replicant fuck like is he human like he's been acting robotic the entire time but in the one times where he was acting human we thought he was human and he started acting more human like as a result so is now is it like 
it's cool because it's like he, we've seen him act more human, but he's not human. But that's the whole point of Blade Runner, that the replicants are are human. That's the whole point of the first movie. And this movie kind of does that message very well. It has the same the same like ending and the same beginning of just like um, by the end of the story, the replicants are like seen as human. And by the beginning of the story, they're seen as not human. And it it does that same arc that the first movie did and the same message in a different way and has it for me be despite being the same thing not repetitive and even more resonant than the first movie because it does it in a more like interesting nuanced way so yeah yeah i thought that was really cool he um i really like the ending when he like looks up at the snow like he's sitting there and he's asking himself it's like well i'm a replicate so what value do i have i'm not the chosen one but you know then he sees the snow and he he's like well i feel this i feel the emotions that this setting kind of inhibits and like i'm looking at the world right now i'm looking at it do its thing and i'm deriving value it's kind of like when he saw the flower in the beginning of the movie the snow is kind of it has the same effect on him and it's giving it's deriving an emotional response so then he just lays down and looks in the snow and he's just like yeah like regardless of whether i'm a replicant or a human i am feeling this in this moment and that's all that matters. And that's kind of what the ending of the first movie was like. And I think it's really cool how it cuts from the snow to a memory that the girls had. I thought that was fire because the whole idea is that the memories are what form you. The memories are what make you human and what like dictate who you are. And the value that he derives from the snow is shown in the value that the girl sees when creating the snow dream itself. It's that was a very smart like transition. That was like a Satoshi Kone level transition. It was really good. Then he dies. Yeah. Then he dies, just like Spike on the fucking stairs, living, living in his final moments, feeling like he truly lived. You know, just like in the video. Yeah, yeah. I love that. Yeah. Um, yeah. Blade Runner. Oh. And then Deckard meets Neo, and it's over. Uh, I know this movie, they definitely set up a third one, potentially. Do you uh, think that that's what they were going for? Because I, I feel like Blade Runner is so much more about like the themes and less about the plot. I well, feel like there's sadly, nothing else they have to say. Sadly, I think the whole thing with with the replicants be like we built an army mm-hmm. i think i think that's when i saw that i was like oh they're gonna do like a third one fucking matrix 3 avengers level threat movie right yeah i don't think they are but, but i don't think they are because the movie didn't perform well yeah it did not perform well maybe if it was like super duper successful maybe they would like force a third one out but um you know <laughs> yeah they they probably would but i'm i'm happy they didn't I, I didn't want a third one um would you have wanted a third one in this universe i mean if they if they kept up the same thing mm. yeah thing how is much, how much more can you say though how much like how else could you say it would be it would be interesting i don't know how you'd say the same thing that you said in the first two movies any differently in the third one the third one is when they abandoned that and just go full like Action Matrix movie. 3. <laughs> yeah. 
do we want do you want to see that though is that interesting to you no <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah real quick no. real back i know we basically just talked about the ending but i really liked the, his his uh cop like boss character i thought the person who was acting as her and her writing was really cool and she was kind of my favorite character in the movie to be honest because she she was basically telling him like when they found out she's like there's a wall between replicants and humans and this will break that wall and it'll like mayhem will ensue from this you know and that's so cool because it's we're talking about the real world and like the blade runner universe is ba basically like if we were to an uh, have an analogy for our world replicants are slaves black people were slaves once and we've like aimed for equality like you know in our times but because we're trying to be equal in a world that is inherently discriminatory there are still problems that arise and in an, ex an extreme universe like blade runner where like people will never accept like replicants like it would just be like all-out war and i really like i really liked how she executed how they executed like her writing and how she said that it's like it's gonna break the world like don't you understand okay like this is gonna ruin everything you can't have anybody find out about this she wasn't telling him just because she was like a dumb dumb evil bad guy she was she had like a good reason and a good purpose i liked her character a lot i i also thought one of my probably one of my favorite scenes in the movie is like she's talking to Kay and she's asking him about his memories and she's like what do you like what memories do you have? And he's like, why do you, why do you care what memories I have? I'm just a replicant. It doesn't matter. And she's like, yeah, it does matter. And it's odd that she says that because it's juxtaposed to how she treats him. And you find out later in the conversation, she's like, oh, we're all just trying to feel something real, okay? And she said that because she's trying to fuck the robot. And he's like, you need to go home, miss. And she like drinks the thing, slams it on the table. is like, see you at five tomorrow. And I thought that was cool. I thought, I think it's so cool that, like... So she kind of fucked the robot? Yeah, like, that was very clearly what... And they, like, bring it up later. Like, Joy was like, I, I saw, like, why didn't why didn't you accept her offer? I didn't notice that the first time I watched it, but go back and look at that scene. I'm positive that's what the intention was, because they called back to it in, like, a later line. Disgusting. <laughs> yes, Deckard is also disgusting. He made a baby with a robot, too. They're all gross. But he's a robot. Well, that's another thing. I'm so glad you said that. They never explicitly say in this movie that Deckard is a replicant. They actually go out of their yeah. way to not say it, which is what you were talking about in the last episode. And take into account, this movie came out in only, only in 2017, right? So it has the opportunity for all the people that's been discussing Blade Runner up until this point to reveal Deckard is a replicant, Deckard's not a replicant, but it deliberately goes out of its way to not reveal that. And I think that's, um, I think it's really cool that they did that. But I mean, I guess everybody has their own interpretation. Like Deckard is or isn't a replicant. I think it's, it's fair for, a, for like a lot of people to think he's a replicant, but I think it's, I like that they don't tell you. I think the reason why they yeah. don't tell you is because it doesn't matter because that's the point of the movie that's the message that replicants are no different than humans and they just they have emotions and they have consciousness and they might be built differently and they might be stronger or whatever but at the end of the day they feel the same things we feel 
And it doesn't matter like whether they're a robot or whether they're whether they're human. And I love that they don't tell you whether Deckard is is human or not. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's really good. So it's uh so it it ain't disgusting to fuck a robot. <laughs> because robots robots are cool. <laughs> yeah. Um yeah, and they can be hot like Rachel. So yeah. Yeah, people are saying uh, in the comments that yeah, she was trying to smash. Yeah, yeah. Because there's a there's a line when like Joy's like talking to him like, oh, why didn't you can't fuck me? So you might as well have just fucked her. And that's why she brings the prostitute later, because she um she wanted to kind of give him that experience that she felt like he desired. And we didn't even talk about that. I'm so glad I remembered. What did you think of like that sex scene? the visuals cool yeah the visuals are cool and the nuance of it is is really cool too because the movie's about like humans and and robots and like how robots are like trying to be human and stuff and this robot girl is trying her best to be as human as possible so she's like syncing up with this girl and the visuals of the robot girl being overlaid on the human girl and sometimes being out of sync are so thoughtful because that's basically like her trying to be in sync and trying to be human when she's really not human. And it's, it's like a constant reminder that this, this is like a fake person whenever they're like not being the same because it just shows that their desires are different and they can't be different. I mean, and they can't be the same because they're uh, different people. It's, I love that scene. I really like, I thought that was fantastic. That's like one of my favorite scenes in the movie. Yeah. Yeah. Um, have you ever seen the movie Captain Phillips? Okay. Yeah, I, I don't think I say that guy. Yeah, I I didn't recognize him the first time I watched it, and this time I was like, oh my yeah. god, yeah. I I guess I was I guess I just forgot when I was in high school, but when I watched yeah. it, I was like, dude, it's him. Like I was very happy. Yeah, I recognize him. Mm-hmm. He is he is a great actor, and he was good in this movie, even as just that guy. Yeah, but I just thought that was cool. And then I wanted to, um, oh my God, dude, this all ties back into our like reveals conversation. So I, I didn't do my own research, but I've heard other people say this, people that I think are reliable, like not just random people. So I'm pretty sure this is like valid, but I'm pretty sure that this movie was crafted in a way where you are not supposed to know that Deckard is in the movie. A lot of the movie is without Deckard. Deckard pops up like somewhere in the middle and it's it's like a reveal that he's like alive and he's like still kicking and he's still around and stuff. So the fact that he's on the poster and the fact that he's in the trailer, I think was a part of Sony's decision as a studio to be like, no one's going to watch this movie unless they know Deckard's in it. And Denny Villeneuve, the guy who made the movie, is like, bro, I made the movie with the idea that people weren't going to know that Deckard's in it. And then when he pops up, people are going to be like, yo, it's Deckard. Like, that's supposed to be the idea. And um, and you know beforehand because Sony is a bunch of fuckwads and they put him on the poster. I didn't do my own research on that, but I'm pretty sure, like, Denny Villeneuve himself was like, yeah, I, I didn't want them to do that. And I'm not happy that they did. And it just makes me hate the poster so much. <laughs> I look at the poster and I'm just like, what a shit poster. Um, just has all the characters. It's so stupid. Fucking. <laughs> oh, man. But 
that was something yeah. that I wanted I mean, to mention. Yeah, that's like uh, that's like having the Spider-Man that far from in the No Way Home. Is it no? The No Way Home movie. It's like having them in the poster. Yeah. You know, you know like you know they're playing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It was. <sighs> yeah. It's so stupid. Because, like, you don't really know that Deckard would pull up in the second movie. If you advertise it as, like, new Blade Runner, Ryan Gosling, like, bat, we're just back in the universe. You wouldn't really know that Deckard was, like, you don't need him to come back. You could be telling an entirely new story that's separate from that, you know? But the, they just had to fucking tell you that he's that he's in the movie. Do you think that you would derive more value if you didn't know the Decker was in it and like he popped up? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I was gonna that was that was just that was another thing that I thought was worth mentioning. Um I know that. I'll I'll do more research on that and I'll confirm on the next episode. But a lot of people that I trust like have been saying that for years, so I'm pretty sure like that's that's true. And Sony is like they did that with other movies too. Like the amazing Spider Man. They're so manipulative with their marketing. Like, have you seen the the Garfield ones? Okay. Well, in the oh, Gar yeah, yeah. okay, in the second Garfield one, in the trailer, they show him fighting the Rhino, and I, as a kid, was like, "Oh my god!" They're like, "Rhino's one of the bad guys in the movie," but that part of him fighting Rhino was just the last clip of the movie, and Rhino was not like one of the bad. And I'm like, "Dude, what the fuck?" And it was just so manipulative. And they just did. They just don't care. They just want to get you in the fucking theater, and make you buy, spend your money. It's clickbait. It's clickbait on a global scale. <laughs> it's it's pure evil. <laughs> oh man. Oh dude, it's so fucked up. <laughs> it's so fucking bad. But yeah, yeah. That's, they got gotcha. you. Yeah, Sony. Sony's bad, and Sony. Sony's awful. Sony made Morbius. <laughs> that's like that's the people who did that those are the people that almost made the spider-man movie not happen because they're like because sony owned spider-man because sony did the andrew garfield movies and they produced the toby Maguire movies so the whole partnership the whole reason why disney is because sony's sony's like letting disney use it and they have like a partnership and they both gain money out of it but right after far from home there was like a weird thing where sony was like yeah no we're done with this bro no more and disney like didn't even finish their thing and it's like whoa 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 and then sony was like all right fine i guess disney was like okay 70 30 split you get 70 we get 30 please i don't know if that's what happened but it, yeah. it felt like they did something along those lines so uh fuck sony that's what i gotta say yeah that is shitty yeah you did you used to not have to pay for online on the PlayStation 3 and now now look they just they saw a way to get money they saw a way to get a bag what a bad company <laughs> oh evil well yeah that's that's what i got to say about that and some set pieces obviously the entire movie is beautiful but specifically the elvis scene i thought was fantastic i thought that yeah, was beautiful. And then I really liked the the whole radioactive like area that Harrison Ford was in, like the orange like place. That was also mm -hmm. cool. This movie was just well shot and well executed. I love when like the people shot like a spear into his into his car and then like the fucking the wings came up 
and then lightning like shot shot the wings and then his car turns off and it just like goes down that was fucking awesome i was like whoa that was so cool and it you just get like the first person perspective of the car falling down and it's just silence and it's like oh my god oh my god oh my god and and he crashes It's, it's so cool um yeah a lot of really beautiful aesthetic things in this movie i could go on about the look um but i i think that's uh i think that's the main all the main shit i don't know if there's really anything else uh are you you got you got everything that you you got yeah okay i'm gonna give blade runner 2049 to be honest the experience was like an eight out of ten because i you know like we said in the beginning it wasn't like uh like it wasn't really fun to watch it on like a shitty tv and it really like held the experience back but i think it's still like a really good movie so i'm gonna give it a nine out of ten i think that this is really good and i like it i like it a lot what did you think about it what's your rating seven okay cool uh now on to the last movie of the night perfect blue such a great uh what time is it right now one in the morning (laughs) yeah perfect blue was what time did you watch perfect blue we always talk about like you you were saying like taxi driver such a great movie to watch like at three in the morning what time did you watch perfect blue probably like six so wasn't it yeah gotcha um you've said in the past you know everything about this movie and like you basically know like the whole thing but you've never actually seen it so well I actually watching it I knew kind of was going to go on but I I genuinely when it was revealed that Rooney or Rumi was the was the the imposter among us <laughs> that was actually like shocked because I forgot about that because mm. while I watched it I was like yo I was like, I, I was like, this something's not right, and I, I really didn't think it was Rumi. I thought it was the other guy. Right. And then it was like, then you see Rumi in the dress. I was like, fuck. <laughs> I, I, I remember now they go on the chase. Right. But it was still like, it's still incredible. Yeah. Uh, so the reveal still got me, honestly. Yeah. Crazy. Yeah. Because because this is years. It's been years since I watched all those like uh, analysis. analysis. Good. I'm but, glad you got like a genuine experience. Yeah, um, I'll start off with the cover is incredible. Well, there's okay, there's a lot of covers. So the cover of her like being translucent and having the fish, I assume you're talking about that one. I'm talking about this one. Oh, yeah, that one's fucking great. <laughs> yeah, that one, that that one, one fucks. Right. That one is fucking. I said this one because this is the one I saw on the site mm. and like the most. So. Right. Yeah, that's that's also like just a screenshot like from the movie. Um, it's not a direct screenshot, but it's like taken from a yeah. scene in the movie. Yeah, but I also I really like the the one where it's like all blue and she's like laying down in like a sea yeah. and like she's like kind of translucent. So it's like it's like is she real? Is she not real? Is that virtual Mima? Is that normal Mima? It's 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 really cool. The the whole message another- of the movie. There's one with the glass. Is that what you're glass Yes, that one is fucking insane. Holy shit. Yeah, that one looks great. I love that one too. All the posters yeah. are fantastic. This is a really pretty movie. And the posters yeah. reflect that. Yeah, the posters are amazing. Um, 
Yeah. This movie is probably the best anime movie. Mm, nice. I'm glad I'm glad you enjoy it. Yeah. I'm glad you feel that this way. Movie is incredible. Yeah. I, I... Mm, nice. What is your currently like highest rated anime movie? What is your like number one so far? Let's pull up the list. Let's pull up the list. It is Redline mm. and Cowboys. Okay. Yeah. Followed by uh, when Manu was there in Ocean Waves. Mm-hmm. Nice. Paprika is up there somewhere, but right. I can't. I don't. Mm-hmm. Ocean Waves. Yeah. I didn't forget about that. <laughs> Never forget. I got a bump up. I got a bump up only yesterday. I think only yesterday is my top five. Yeah. But no, not only yesterday. The wind rises. Mm. I put that up there, and I need to rewatch Ghost and Shadow Akira. But as of right now, I think this is the best anime movie. Awesome. I've um, I this is this is the thing, right? When I was talking about the other day. Because I was tired when I watched this movie. But I didn't go to sleep. Mm. Because it was too good. Mm, I, see. I can't fall asleep on shit that's too good. I see. I never do. You think that if you stayed up for like 30 hours and you watched the best movie of all time, you watched like Perfect Blue, you wouldn't go to sleep? I would go to sleep. <laughs> exactly. But that's, that's, that's why I go to sleep. Because I'm tired sometimes. Sometimes. That's unrealistic. That's unrealistic? What, what do you mean? What's unrealistic? Watching a movie Damn. when... Staying up for 30 hours and like, oh, let me watch a movie. I gave that as an example as like you are you are forced to be extremely tired and your that, body is telling you, bro, go to sleep. If I'm, if I'm tired under normal circumstances, I don't fall asleep on good shit. Okay. Because it's like, yeah, I gotcha. It, if, I, for me, if it's really good, I'm really tired, I force myself to stay awake. If it's mid, I'm going to go to bed. Mm-hmm. I understand. Sometimes a movie that I don't think is bad, but I'm having a middling reaction to because I, because it's artsy and I don't really get it and it feels kind of slow to me. Um, even though I do still appreciate it, I will go to sleep too because I'm not enjoying it as much as something like, I don't know, Attack on Titan or like a Pulp Fiction or something, something that like keeps my heart racing, keeps my blood pumping, keeps me like watching the thing. But in a movie like uh, like The Godfather, I don't dislike The Godfather at all, but there is parts of that movie where I'm just kind of sitting there, just watching it because they're the parts that I have to watch. And I, you know, I Godfather is a movie that I would go to sleep to, but because I went to sleep, I would not put that on The Godfather. I put that on me sometimes being being bored, but me being bored isn't. What I'm trying to say is. If I am capable of falling asleep to a movie that is a reflection of my investment in the movie to a degree, but my reflection of my investment to the movie isn't ultimately a reflection of my overall opinion. So that's what I'll say about that. Yeah, but for me, I don't fall asleep on good shit. So mm -hmm. I was tired when I'm watching it. So that's how I know it's good because I don't fall asleep outside. Right. But outside that, I think this movie is like, it's like fucking perfection. Mm -hmm. 
yeah, I think the movie, I think this movie is like perfect. Um, nice. Glad, glad it lived up to your expectations. It did. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, what do, you, what do you even say? It's like a, it's like a paprika I can rate. Yes. Oh. Yeah. I don't even know what to start. What do you think? <laughs> um, I fucking loved it. It's, uh, it's, so actually, let me, let me explain why I've seen all these movies already. In like, I want to say like 2018, like when college like first started for me, they were doing a screening of all of these movies in theaters, like periodically, like throughout the year. And I didn't know anything about Perfect Blue. Like I've avoided it because I knew I was eventually going to watch it. So I avoided everything, the plot, the, the tone. I didn't really know that it was like a crime thing. Um, I didn't even really know that it was going to be dark and stuff. I avoided like everything about the movie and I just kind of went in expecting, I didn't know what to expect. I just expected a good movie because it was so highly regarded. Um, and bro, my theater only had like me and like one other person, but it was so, I went to like a theater that I don't usually go to because the theaters that I usually go to feel like ghetto. Like I, I don't like, like Braintree, like Randolph. Those are like the, the theaters that are so like everyone goes to and the people who work there don't clean them very well. So there's fucking crumbs under the seat or something. But I went to just like this new thing that I'd never been to. It felt like a whole new experience. And it was like one of the best experiences I ever had. Like finding, like seeing all that shit in real time. I was like, whoa. And I like, it was a long drive like from home. So I'm like driving on the way home in the dark. And I'm just like, holy shit i'm about to get perfect blued <laughs> it was it was so cool i um yeah there's there's so much uh that there is to say but i just wanted to say that i also saw millennium actress and uh tokyo godfathers in theaters and i had to watch paprika at home because paprika they didn't do that in theaters but yeah uh perfect blue is great i feel like there's a lot to pull th from from like every moment of the movie like just the beginning just like the movie like really tells you what it's about like immediately. It tells you this is about otaku and how how like people cuz you remember you were talking about paprika and talking about like escapism and how like people consume media. This is kind of the same thing as that. And it's talking about the people that are like it's talking about uh otaku's inf infatuation with pop idols and idol culture and how it's so detached from reality and it's so like um like not real and they and they get like obsessive about it to like a like a like harmful uh degree um and they're it's it's cool how this is basically the same movie as paprika but it's like slightly different um you know yeah that's the thing uh with the satoshi khan they all have those like those weaving movies or dreams right. or like the hysteria thing and paranoia agent, but they're all, they're all done differently. Mm -hmm. So and all, even though like millennium actors is like movies and like, uh, paprika is like movies too. Yeah. It's still, it's still totally different. It's not even like, even though it's like the whole movie thing, it's not even, not even near. It's not even close to what any of the movies are really about so it's really like i really respect it a lot the way he does it 
and it's not like it doesn't even feel the same. And I'm like watching these movies like back to back to back, and it's like I don't even feel like right. bored of this concept, yeah. you know? Because you know we watched like uh, the the '80s movies, and I was like immediately I was kind of like kind of sick of sick of it watching back to back. Right. But I can watching Satoshi Khan. I can watch Paranoia Agent right now. Mm-hmm. It'll still be like, you know, yeah. like it's just. It's just like he's dope. Uh, and he's he's really creative, for real. Yeah, he is. I like I no uh, he can pull this shit off so well. Yeah, yeah. And even like shit like Inception. Inception doesn't. Inception doesn't do what these movies do to me personally. Right. But. Yeah. I. Mm-hmm. I haven't seen Inception in a while, but that's that's how I felt. Like it's it's doing the thing of like oh it's a dream and a dream, but it's not saying like what Paprika yeah. is saying and. There's a movie called Black Swan, and yeah, that that is basically it's have, it's basically like it perfect blue, like it it knows it's perfect blue and it's trying to be like perfect blue, and people say that's really good, so maybe that is. I would I wanted yeah. to watch Black Swan in tandem with Perfect Blue whenever we talked about it, but I would like to watch Black Swan on one of the episodes. I would like to talk about it because I've never seen it. I don't know anything about it mm-hmm. besides that. And it like won the Oscar, yeah. and like everyone loves it, so we should watch it. We want more best picture. Uh, let's look that up. <laughs> I, I'm I I don't want to I don't want to be wrong. Black Swan. If it won best picture, that's crazy. It did. It won best director, best cinematography, best editing, best, oh, best actress. Yeah, <laughs> best picture. Yeah. So, yeah. I'm interested, but yeah. I've seen the references. It's like, yeah. Mm-hmm. Same thing. Yeah, but. and that director... Sorry for interrupting. Like, there's a movie called Requiem for a Dream that he... The person who... Hold on. Let me let me make sure I get my facts right. I don't want to say anything that I'm wrong about. Um, yeah, Darren, Darren Aronofsky directed Black Swan, and he also directed a movie called Requiem for a Dream. And in Requiem for a Dream, have you ever seen... You know the tub shot when she's in the bath and she's like curled yeah. up and then she screams in the bath. Have you ever seen like a real movie that did the same shot and it like popped yeah, up? Yeah, I've seen it. I've seen the reference. Yeah. yeah, Requiem for a Dream is the movie that did that shot and that came out way before Black Swan and it's made by the person who'd made Black Swan. So he like he's like always been a fan of Satoshi Kon. It's like, bro, it's just like Millennium Action. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> yeah. Um. Yeah. It's it's. Uh, it's cool. So he, he probably people are saying the movie's good, and he probably did it. He probably did it well if he cares that much about Satoshi Kon. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, hey. I always love a good reference. Mm-hmm. As long as like, as long as people don't like, like cl- these movies are clearly references, right? As long as they don't like diminish, like, like no, just not. Like I came up with this, like bullshit. No, no, no. He's he's very he's vocal about it too. He's he said like yeah, it is the shot. Yeah. But, but yeah. Um, perfect blue. Perfect blue. It's it's so dreamlike. It's mm-hmm. yeah. It's like more dreamlike than paprika. It's not even trying, you know. Right. It's the tone, it's- and what the movie is talking about, like not feeling real. I think that is uh i mean i guess paprika does that but i think because of what this movie is about it it can be a little bit more effective i guess yeah yeah it's like it's so 
It's so strange. Like, oh my god. Like, even the scenes with like the MC chasing like her, her like Popeye herself, and the Popeye was just skipping around. It's I like, know. It's so like. Oh! <laughs> it's like I don't even know <laughs> if this is real. <laughs> yeah, I know. Yeah. It's it's so bizarre, and the way that like Cone can like manipulate you into thinking like yo like this can be <laughs> yeah 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 he does it's an like, amazing job honest, of it yeah it's honestly like just talent like he's yeah. so talented Mas- masterful execution and this is like his first it's movie and this is his first movie it's insane man like oh my god like you know and like the movie's called perfect blue but all those red shots you know like i saw like you see like all the vibrant red in these dark like scenes right it's crazy I saw a about this guy and he like talks about it and like he was like yeah like the movie starts off as like slight red but the more she gets deranged like like more vivid the red becomes right mm. like I didn't even notice it but like that scene cause like you notice the elevator scene when like the radio's there but the floor is like bright like an unrealistic red color. Like, <laughs> you notice that, right? But there's a scene where like Rumi is like Rumi like is like talking to Mimi and like while she's going crazy, she's like, Are you okay? And like the background is so fucking red. Red, yeah. <laughs> like red the the movie has two like there's like two realities there's like virtual Mima reality where it's like the fake version of her she wears the red dress right so those colors people aren't like talking out their ass or over analyzing like that color those colors of the movie are very intentional whenever right. it's being bright and like flashy it's like the fake cotton candy reality that she's like making up um and then yeah. the the blue like depressing like ones are the real worlds and it like it it's not too boom boom it, it's so subtle that like you don't even really notice it but then you go back and you're like oh my god like that one is lighter than that one and you know and it's uh, yeah it's like um even like the scene of someone in particular is like the red was so like the Jarring. red dominated the whole scene and right. it was like such unrealistic red and right. it was like it was even more like red than other reds because like it was them together right yeah yeah the deranged people came together yeah yeah (laughs) yeah we're like the elevator scene like once i saw the red on the ground i was like this dude's fucking dead yeah 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 (laughs) (laughs) a crazy scene that's like the radio there right Mm-hmm. No elevator floor is red. <laughs> like so red. <laughs> I didn't even I didn't even remember it was red, but yeah, yeah. It's so red. It's I feel so like cool. a lot of this stuff is like when watching this movie, the reds and the blues, I notice subconsciously. I don't go, oh, that's red in the background. I like my brain goes like the the screen is like kind of brighter, and the narrative beat is something that's trying to push her into like the thing that she doesn't want to do, like the the porn audition or like the the. I don't know, like just her, her, her career life that, you know, is keeping her more detached from reality. It's like you subconsciously draw those connections, even though you might not know about that. Even if you didn't watch a YouTube video, you will get it subconsciously. And it'll hit like a part of your brain that you didn't even know was there. You'd be like, whoa, ah!" (laughs) it's so cool. It's so cool. Yeah. And it's, it's throughout the whole, throughout the whole movie it's, 
it's not like a one-time thing. It's like there throughout the whole time. Either like it's very, a very slight red or a very red. Yeah. It's dope. Um, and you know, we were talking about Taxi Driver. The ending is just like ta- Taxi Driver. Our ending is very Taxi Driver. Mm. It's like at the end of Taxi Driver, Travis Bickle, after he drops off the girl in that dreamlike state, he looks, he looks into the, what do you fucking call it? I don't even Little remember mirror. the ending of Taxi Driver, so you, it's up to you. I don't, I don't know. But the mirror, like the mirror that the girl is looking at at the end. In Taxi Driver? Purple. Purple. Oh, um. The, is the, the mirror right in front of you when you drive? Yeah, the, the car, like, I don't know what you call it. <laughs> we know, yeah. we know what we're talking about. Yeah. Yeah. The rear view so, mirror or whatever. The rear view mirror. So Travis Bickle at the end of Taxi Driver, like. Because, like, you know how he saved the days. He saved the little girl. He's a hero, right? And then, like, the movie's like, oh, yeah, he's the hero. And it's like, oh, Deshaun Post's like, yeah, he's a hero. He's a hero. He fucked up the relationship with the girl early on in the movie. Now she, he, she's here again in the back of his taxi. And it's very dreamlike. They even, like, they filmed it to be dreamlike. Like, her hair's flowing. She looks amazing. And he's just, like, <laughs> you know, very confident driving. And, and like, she... she like he drops her off and he keeps driving and he like like he looks at the like the river view like aggressively and then the movie cuts so I'm like he's still like deranged as fuck right, right right and at the end of this movie she's like I'm still real <laughs> <laughs> oh my god I'm like oh my god <laughs> and the thing is is like oh. the car she was driving was red and it's like like I think like when I watch the movie like the more red the more deranged mm-hmm. and then she just hops in a red car and like, I'm the real one and I'm like oh my god wow that's really that's such a that's really cool that you said that that's I didn't even I didn't even notice that I didn't even um think yeah. about that as the ending yeah that's really and cool that's a great interpretation like earlier Rumi is the one driving the red car so it's like is that Rumi's car <laughs> right, right. Oh. <laughs> And like, cause I see no one talk about this. Dude, like, I made, I see, I made this connection myself. Mm-hmm. I was like, Rumi was, Rumi was the one driving her home in the same red car, and then you just see her hopping the same red car. Is it her car? Yeah, I'm the real one. I was, I was like, oh my god, <laughs> oh my god, dude. It's such a great ending. Dude, I love yeah. it. Like, like when I saw on Taxi Driver, it was so like. It was so bizarre, like in relation to the, what's happening, right? Because he, he's like acting so cool and nonchalant, like, "Yeah, I'm the shit. I just saved the world." Like, the girls like, "Okay, I'll see you later," and he's just like, "Like, oh my, yeah, And like, in in taxi driver, it's like, yeah, like because of that ending shot, you know, even though he saved, everyone thinks he's a hero. This dude's still the fucking deranged fucking psycho. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And at the end of this movie, it's like, like because I know Taxi Driver is like, well, they could be saying the same shit in Perfect Blue. Right. Like, she's still fucking insane. But I, that could be a possibility, but I do think, like, that's the, the actual healed her, you know? Yeah. I think that, so, I think that Cone, uh, and especially in his other movies, the ambiguity, like, that's the whole point of this movie. Like, yeah. Is this what's happening? Is this not what's happening? And it's really nice that even though he's telling you what's happening, it's like underneath the rug, like, is she okay? Is she not okay? Um, it's like, it's telling you she's okay. But I, I like, I like that. Cause that that's yeah. consistent with his other movies. So 
I I think there's a lot of validity to what you're saying, even if you've never seen anybody else say it. Yeah, yeah, it's like, like I I was searching up, like I was trying to find it, like no one noticed that Rumi was driving that car, mm -hmm. red car. Yeah, it was like, and it was the thing is too, like yeah. in those final scenes, like there's no red at all, mm -hmm. and then like she happens to hop in the red car, right? Like, yeah, fuck. yeah, it was awesome. That ending is incredible. I love shit like that. Yeah. You know? It's like it's like why I love Taxi Driver too. Like the ending it can really like yeah. make something. It really yeah. wraps up something perfect. Yeah, that's that's why I like Tokyo Godfathers. That's why I love that ending because it's it's like was it God? Was it not God? It doesn't really matter, you know. Mm -hmm. um, and it's incredible. That's just uh, uh, yo. Shout out to Satoshi Khan, bro. <laughs> yeah. Rest in I peace, think. bro. Rest in peace, bro. It's so sad. Yeah, it is. Because he was such a, a master. And this is his first movie. I no one else has... I mean, I obviously haven't seen all, all the movies out there. But people... No one really matches this. This isn't good for anime. This is like good, good for mm -hmm. anything this is why like people who don't like anime watch these movies because mm -hmm. this is like a cut above like all that shit this is a cut above like most yeah. most shit it's yeah it's it's what you can do with art it's it's, it's yeah and it's even it's even more powerful in animation because animation you can be even more creative you know yes yeah and even shit like like um um, Mimi, like in the, the idol costume, just skipping away. Right. Yeah. It's, it can seem so like it seems so cool. Mm -hmm. but I don't know if like it would like have the same cool. effect. Right. Yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. It's yeah. It's so dope. Um. It's like start to finish. I think this movie is just executed perfectly. Mm -hmm. I I can't say nothing negative. I love the way it looks. Yeah. Me neither. And I love like I love like I was saying before like. The mo his movies can like increasingly look better. Like Millennium Act, like I said, Millennium Act is the best looking movie, and like Paprika has all the cool moving, yeah, all the cool moving stuff. But uh, you're gonna see his growth in his movies and like the animation style. And uh, yeah. mm -hmm. it's really cool. It's 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 like amazing. It's one of the best movies I've ever seen. Yay! I'm so happy that you uh, enjoyed it. Yeah, there's there's a there's so much to say. I think that um, I guess we're kind of going backwards. So I guess I'll talk about like the whole ending sequence since we're talking about the ending from the hour from one hour and forty nine minutes. The movie is like it it's doing the paprika thing where it's like, <laughs> but you can it's not too complicated. I mean, maybe maybe for some people it's like they're tough to follow and obviously the movie's lying to you so it is it is inherently confusing but if you're following the lies and you're following what it's trying to say as it's telling you each lie the movie like that from the hour and 49 minute mark is when you know like that that sequence where it's like she's on the double bind set and she's like she's on the bridge and she's recording that scene on the bridge and then it's like oh no i was in the dream and then uh, it's like, I don't remember every transition 
because they're all just they all blend together in my brain because that's that's the idea um but it just keeps going back to the double mindset back to the dream back to the double mindset back to the dream and then at the end she's just like bro like to, to the extent that the audience is confused she's like bro did i kill that guy i don't even fucking know bro like did i go i guess i did and it's perfect it's it's perfect how they how yeah. they do that yeah um yeah and that scene it's so like creepy because the fucking guy the stalkers mm-hmm. is there and he's yeah. not there mm-hmm. his the, his he looks <laughs> i was watching a youtube video and the guy like jokingly very passively was like yeah so he's t- he's being very analytical like being very technical about like the logic of the movie and then he's like so when Mima goes into this room. This fucking gargoyle starts coming out of nowhere. <laughs> I, I, I thought that shit was hilarious. He called him a gargoyle. <laughs> he does. Well, he does look like a gargoyle. He's fucking insane looking. Um, and I, I love, I love him. He's a great antagonist. Well, insane. Yeah, I guess he is a antagonist. He's not the antagonist. It, it baits you. Yeah. It does a good job at baiting you. Does a great job at lying to you and and making you think. It never directly gives uh, evidence as to like this guy. There's no like plot holes. I, I don't think there is any plot holes of yeah. When when he when she kills him, mm-hmm. it's like oh she killed him and it's like no this did the movie set thing. <laughs> <Okay>. What the <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and then she goes back and it's like it, where was he? It seems so real because she just like I think that was she was coming out in and out of dreams and waking up right and it seems so real mm-hmm. and then yeah. he kills it and it's like it's yeah. like so that it's like it's just like in paprika like you don't know what the hell's real right. now it's, it's just like it's just like it's like making the viewer delusional it's mm-hmm. like yeah and they're in the delusion yeah and now you know like it's he does it so well like you are the view is genuinely tricked yes and then yeah. it's like it's like it's a movie i'm like what the fuck and then yeah. i think the i think Rumi kills him yes Rumi. Yeah. i think um mm-hmm. this does it off camera she was like yeah he had disappointed me or something yes well, that's, that's what she was saying Rumi. It's very interesting. Because, mm-hmm. like, like I told you, like, even though I watched a lot of analytical videos, like, years ago, I still didn't make the connection that it was, like, Rumi was a part of this, because... Right. And you never it, would. Yeah. yeah. She seems so genuine, like, when, um, the, the rape scene... She cries. Then, you know, she starts crying. Yeah. And then it's, like, when it's you look so back, genuine. it's, like, yeah. she's not crying because it's like sad she's crying because the perception of the pop idol right. is getting right in front of her. she's like yeah. losing her head. And, and then that's like, i was gonna say there's no like attack on titan moments where it's like when you rewatch the movie it's like oh look it's Rumi in the background it, 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 stabbing somebody yeah. like there's nothing like that in this movie so yeah. on rewatch it's like yeah there's no way you're ever gonna figure it out and it's important for that illusion to like work every single time you watch it like you can't you know uh, you can't see stuff like that, like on rewatch. You know what this reminds me of? This yeah. reminds me of Full Metal Alchemist. Hmm. When that motherfucker was crying at the funeral, or not crying, he was like angry at the funeral, but it's not because the motherfucker died; it's because the kid was crying. I don't recall that. Can you explain it? 
I think when the was you know when the doctor died in the car. No, not Roy. The doctor of the of the person who turned the girl into like a dog. Yeah, because he dies. Okay. Mm-hmm. The funeral happens, and in the like the main villain, the main homunculus, but like the leader of the the people, like the Roy, Roy right. and them. Yeah, he's there, like wrath. He's like, like shaking and anger. And then, like, you think, oh, he's so mad that this guy died. And it's right. like, when it's revealed by the end, it's like, I was shaking because his little kid wouldn't shut the fuck up. And, like, <laughs> it's thinking, like, so, like, when it's revealed that he's the bad guy, it's like, you look back, it's like, damn. This dude wasn't crying because he's a genuine person. It's like, oh, dude, was- that's so, well, that's so interesting. So, yeah. I thought it out. Um, but yeah. So. That's when it all starts too. When Rumi cries, it's like my idol is getting raped in front of me, mm-hmm. right? And it's and it's like that's when all the that's when all this shit starts happening, right? Yes, because it clearly affects Rumi to bring her to tears, mm-hmm. but that's the trick to the viewer and the main Mimi. Even though even though the movie's like you know it halts and it's like the dude's like I'm sorry. Mm-hmm. But you can clearly see it affects her. Like, the, her fish die. The fish die, and then she fucking freaks out. Yes. And that's when all of it starts. And uh, that it, 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 it made me too. that like made me tear up. I don't like get close sad. to crying like ever. Even even no, when no. movies are sad, it's it's very rare that like my eyes water. And I was like, oh my god, I might cry like watching this because. During the rape scene, I'm like, oh, this is bad. Like, this is really sad. But when she went home and she was, she was like, fine. And she got in the car. It's like, yeah, it's okay. And she goes home. Mm-hmm. The fishes are dead. I'm like, no, no. And she, she's like, damn it. Like, I, 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 that's that was that's such like a real mm-hmm. moment. It's like, yeah, it's very genuine. It's so something like take her off. And it was like, yeah, she was trying to like suppress her feelings. But like some, one little thing happened. She was like. Yeah. Sorry, Japanese performance is fantastic. It was a sad scene. Absolutely really sad. And, you know, uh, don't want to get too far off, like, what we're talking about, like, the how the pieces fall into place of the twist. But quickly, the rape scene, um, unlike Wicked City, I was making a lot of comparisons to that while watching it. And I'm like, this is so much more effective at being, like, shocky and, um, and uh, like, sad like this one the way it was shot and the way it was executed and animated it was intended to be sad it wasn't intended to be like titulating with wicked city the intention like narratively is that it's sad but the way it's animated and the way it's shot it's like you're watching like a hentai loop animation and with this it's like it's obscured and just like and just the way to where like the implication of what's happening is like super scary and you're you you do not get to see the whole thing and it's 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 very well done and it's it's like it's it's great. It's it's what I like edgy shit. I like when there's like rape and like evil stuff in my movies and TV shows, and I like when there's stuff like that, and I like when it is done in in a in a good way that that elicits the right reaction out of you. Yeah. That's what I wanted to say about that. Yeah. That shit was that. Mm-hmm. And, really and it makes sense for her. That's like the catalyst for her, her losing her mind. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I feel like it, it's so like, it's real. 
Yeah. Like, and dude, I feel like it, it makes sense. I feel like this would start something like a mental breakdown. You know? Exactly. And you got to understand, got to really look at this from the perspective of when it was made. When this movie was made, that shit was happening. Like those type pop idols were popular in 1999 or 96, whenever this movie came out. And uh, like, you know, you were talking about like tour to tour and like Terra and Residence and stuff. Fucking, um, uh, oh my God, I forget the name. But the web browser they use was like one of the most popular like browsers and like one of the most popular like search engines oh, really? when the internet like first started happening. And it's like real <laughs> like in this movie. So like the anxieties that Cone is expressing about like us turning into like consumer otaku fucks <laughs> is is like being accurately represented in this movie at the time. Like it saw the future. Like he saw it um like he saw it in real time and it's you know like it it's just like um you could say the same thing about like only fans or just like any porn type of stuff it's like mm. it's like people don't care about the person they care about the the performance they care about the image that they create and it's it's like the same thing with uh with everything with just like celebrities Absolutely. You know, YouTubers, like, and then, and that's not even saying this as a joke. That's, you know, and then some people snap, like, on camera. They have, like, their Will Smith moment. They fucking, yeah, it's it's really sad. And that's kind of what happens to Rumi. Like, uh, she, there's, when, when, it, when Mima, I know I'm jumping the gun, I'm sorry. But when Mima, no, when Mima, like, virtual Mima, like, the fake version, yeah. When there's like a part, I don't remember at what point the movie's in a blur, like intentionally so. But there's a part when Mima comes out on stage, like in yeah. next to the people, and if that's like the one attack on Titany part, which I think is kind of cool. Like the girls' reaction, like next to them, are like, "Uh, what the fuck?" <laughs> and, and, but and Mima is like dancing there, and you as an audience, it's animated as Mima, but it's it's uh Ro rooney Ro rumi um it's her like she she went on the stage and she went like ha 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 ha, ha like dancing with them she put on the just and everything that's why they're reacting that way it's it's yeah. great yeah <sighs> yeah it's yeah i made that connection that was her but i was like i was still like did she was she really there did she really jump on stage you know i think because the way they reacted i think that's the only i think yeah that, i'm not for sure absolutely yeah mm -hmm. yeah yeah i think that you never know it's real yeah you 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 don't um and i did i did think that was the case this is this is a, i know this is kind of reaching and i wanted to wait i know we i feel like i've gone off track from like what we were originally talking about but um to kind of try to circle back a little bit towards like how all the pieces fall in place of like the moments that happen and how they tie into rumi's Ru reveal there was an amazing video an amazing video from one of my favorite YouTubers, the bread sword guy that I, that I brought up um, earlier. He did a video on perfect blue and he talked about everything that you were talking about with the colors and with the, the like, you know, what their meanings and stuff. And he makes a very, very good argument for something that I, I've never heard before. So basically he was saying that I, I can't analyze like piece by piece, frame by frame, uh, what this is and I can't like bring evidence to the table for this but he says that the manager guy I don't know if you noticed this or have seen videos on this but the manager guy um 
the guy who like is working with Rumi as like mm. the manager um, for the for Mima. There's like a part in the beginning of the movie where it shows that he has bandages on his hand from the thing that exploded in his in his uh from the envelope that exploded. He has that um, in his hand. He has bandages on his hand because of that. And then there's like a shot where it shows that he doesn't have the bandages. And it's like very deliberate, even though he just like it shows him wearing it. And then the camera like moves, but like it's not like a different scene. And he's like not wearing it. So the movie's like telling the audience like this guy is part of the illusion as well. And he's part of the whole like fake shit going on. So uh, the movie, this, I really recommend watching the video because I won't be able to articulate what the guy said um, as well. But basically he's saying that um, he, the the manager guy was also in on the, uh, the virtual Mima shit. And sometimes he was standing in the footsteps of Mima as well because like everyone, me mania and Rumi are the two people that you suspect for living within me mania, Rumi and Mima herself are the three people you suspect for being virtual Mima. Right. And mm -hmm. the reason why you suspect that is because virtual Mima is this fake realization of what all these people kind of want to uh, embody. They all kind of want to like personify this individual that they maybe not me mania, but you know, he, 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 he's infatuated with that image of Mima and he wants to defend it. Right. So the movie like implies that he is virtual Mima and the same thing uh, can be applied to her manager. Right. He seems very innocent mm -hmm. throughout the entire movie, but there's a lot of parts where he like deflects like very oddly. She's like, what if the envelope, like, like what if that was targeted towards me or or something? And it's like, oh, it's just a prank. Don't worry about it. Don't make a big deal. Right. So in the same way that Rumi, Rumi does that. Right. And I think the colors are consistent with those moments too. You talk about the red. I think there, there are like reds and like lighter hues in those scenes. Basically what I'm building to is that the movie implies that he when she kills the photographer, um, the the person who made the YouTube video said that um, with all that stuff that's building to it and that theme song, which uh, that plays during it, that theme song is Uchida's theme. Like on the soundtrack, like on the official soundtrack, it says Uchida's theme, but mm -hmm. it plays during that part where virtual Mima, you think it's normal Mima, but she's like killing the person and you don't know mm -hmm. who it is. The only thing that could be telling you who it is is the fact that that guy's theme song is playing during that part. Hey, I'm only just now realizing while editing that Uchida is the name of Me Mania. Like, that's his real name uh, in Perfect Blue. And uh, the thing that I'm saying might be fucking bullshit. But go watch the Breadsword video. I don't know. I was just, I was just fucking paraphrasing. Uh, go watch that video if you want to, like, understand what I'm talking about. <laughs> I know that that's that might be a tough pill to swallow it might seem like like a bit of a stretch but watch the video if if you want yeah. like, to think about it further and i just think that's really cool i think that's dope um it would make sense that he's yeah. in the suit and it makes sense that she, it it makes it even makes even more sense because rumi kills him and me mania like at the end together because she was like disappointed with me mania and i i don't know i guess she was disappointed with him in like a similar way i don't know 
uh, I haven't given it like a lot of thought, but I thought that was cool. I thought that was another thing to theorize. Um, yeah, really cool uh, movie. <laughs> lot, lot to think about. Um, I know. Yeah, this is that thing, and there's still like a bunch of scenes. Like, there's a lot of intertwined double, uh, double blind scenes. Yeah, that apply. Bro, in Double Bind, when they were talking and they just said Mima's name, and it's like Mima, Mima has a, an alternate personality where she like kills people. I'm like, ah! <laughs> and then it immediately rewinds and it like says different names. It's really cool. Yeah. Yeah. yeah and that and that's the thing with with Perfect Blue. Perfect Blue is about movies too. You know, she's like making a movie and stuff, and her reality in the real world is blending with her movie so it's not just i said in the beginning it's about pop idols but i completely forgot about the fucking double bind set she's making a movie and her yeah. you know there's that part where she's like who are you who are you she's talking to herself and she's like i hope i sell this line and when she does sell the line and she says it like well it's because she's being very genuine and authentic because she's talking about herself she's like who are you did you freeze did your phone die God damn it. <laughs> I think his phone died. Oh, no. <laughs> Manny! No! Oh, boy. Am I recording? <laughs> uh, hello, Manny. How are you doing today? My day was good. I wonder if he can FaceTime me on his computer. <laughs> his phone definitely died. Oh. Back. Yes, hello. No! <laughs> Where did you go? You had it! Oh, Manny. Oh, you. Hello. Can you hear me? No? Yes? I can hear you. Hello? Hello. Yeah, I can hear you. Can you Can you hear me? Hello? Hello, hello. Virtual Manny. <laughs> yeah. This is so laggy. Oh no. Am I lagging? Data mosh, death grips. <laughs> can you can you hear me? Can you see? Yeah, I can see you. Yeah. It's very laggy on my end. Mm. Okay. My internet my internet just killed itself. Oh, I see. Is it still kind of crunked? Yeah, I'm using I'm using LTE right now. Oh, that's why. Okay. Gotcha. But yeah. Uh I'm sorry about that. Um It's okay. Do you do you think it'll do you think it's consistent? Do you think we can continue talking or do you want to wait until maybe it comes back up? Or uh It's still very robotic on my side and I don't I don't think my internet's gonna come back. Oh no. Okay. Um Yeah. We can Like okay. I can't I can't really make out what you're saying to me. Gotcha. Um, this is so fresh. Yeah, I'm sorry. All right, let me mute myself. Hey guys. Um, so what ended up happening was Manny went outside to try to get better connection, and uh, he did get the better connection. But despite his efforts, I had to go and be a dumbass and mute my audio, and then not remember to unmute my audio. So. All of my shit that I was saying in the last like 10 minutes of our Perfect Blue discussion is just gone. But Manny did still have some things to say. So I'm just going to splice together the things that Manny had to say. And then at the end, I'm going to um, 
tell you guys what the recommendations are. Sorry about the fuck up. Uh, I promise it won't happen again. Thank God it wasn't for like the whole discussion. But uh, here's what Manny had to say um, in the last 10 minutes of the call. I was going to say, um, when she kept waking in and out of those dreams, I noticed the room changed. Well, before I noticed, I was like, there has to be some type of thing here, right? So I started looking at little things in the room. I think it was like, I noticed there was something, I can't explain it, but there's like something blue on the floor in the next scene that was gone. So I wonder what was going on. And then it is, it's revealed that like, it's not her room because the poster's still up and it, it was Rumi's room. And I think that scene where Rumi was driving home, Rumi actually drove her to her house. And then like, while she was at her house, uh, Rumi was like doing all the killings. So that was a, I, I like how I made that. I try to make a connection to like this is not the same room, and I like a, I like how that was that was work too because she's so, she so she loves that she loves uh, Mimi so much that she even like her room was even like exact because you know blue blue it's all like color theory like blue represents like like uh, calmness relaxation and red is like you know a blood blood and chaos. So yeah, I think by the end, she uh, she comes, she evolves and becomes her true self, and she knows she knows what's real or not, and she becomes perfect blue. I think I think I really like the title. Um, I I don't I don't have I don't have a rating yet. Definitely gonna be nine or ten though for me. Um, there's one movie I want to watch. It's called it's made by the same guy who made uh, um, Parasite. Uh, um, memories of murder and this is going to be let me take a long break right oh yeah i'm gonna watch i'm gonna watch Kitonic. Right. yeah i'm gonna watch those two and you can add whatever all right my recommendation for the next episode is going to be black swan so memories of murder uh by bong joon ho and then black swan and then katana gatari those are going to be the three um on june 17th so yeah, sorry about the technical difficulties, but I will see you next time as well as with many. All right, uh, have a good one, everybody.